Welcome to episode 115 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Brandon Chowan, and joining me tonight is my co-host, Mark Nadeau. Mark, how's everything going this snowy, wintry evening? Uh, wintry evening is correct. I am bundled up right now. Today has been the coldest day so far this season. Um, I'm freezing. <laughs> yeah. What's you know the what? temp? Oh, you're going to tell me in Celsius. I don't know what that means. What, what's oh. the temperature in Celsius? I'll get my converter out. Well, this morning when I went to the gym, because uh, my cat, or I should say our cat, decided to uh, <laughs> bang his head against the bedroom door because he wanted to get in. <laughs> uh, I got up at 4.30 this morning, so I was out at the gym at 6, and uh, it was minus wow. 18 Celsius, which isn't that cold for somebody coming from Winnipeg. Uh, the uh, filming location for tonight's film, Wishmasters 3, Beyond the Gates of Hell. Um, but uh, it's a very humid cold here. So, yeah, oh, okay. with, with the wind, it was not feeling good. So it was, it was minus 18 by itself. Then you add the wind factor. I don't know how low it went to, but uh, according to my phone. That's crazy. Uh, That's yeah. like zero degrees Fahrenheit. That's fucking insane. Is it? I, I, I'm used to it, you know? Yeah. Like, that's Back in was. It was cold here, and it was like nineteen when I was driving home, and I was freezing my ass off. Okay, because like in in, in Winnipeg, like during the really the cold weekend or the cold uh, winter nights, January February, it can hit like mm-hmm. minus thirty three, minus forty with the windshield. That's oh minus forty God. Celsius. So minus eighteen, no big deal, right? But with just the humidity and how wet it is, or just it feels damp, it mm-hmm. really like cuts through everything. So. Uh, yeah, a bit of a mm. bit of a Mother Nature coffee jolt this morning walking to the gym. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Man, oh man, that's crazy cold. Yeah, and, and Melissa likes to keep the house kind of cool. So, uh, oh, okay. yeah, you know, to a point where I'm cold. And usually I yeah. don't feel that cold, but uh, I think my extremities have been freezing ever yeah. since uh, uh, the uh, the snow finally settled on the ground. So, Right. Yeah, I'm cheap, so I uh, have been keeping it like a nice 68 in the house. Ah, so I, I don't, don't know what that is in Celsius. I have but. no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. But she likes to keep it to 17 Celsius. Um, okay. And uh, to me, that's a little chilly, especially when I'm the only person in the house and, you know, and the cat. But uh, I'm adapting. That's, 60, that's about 63 Fahrenheit. Yeah, so it's definitely colder in your place than it is in mine. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can see my breath. And I can write yeah. stuff uh, with the crystallist. So, you know, that's hilarious. It's all good, though. Excellent. Yes. So, tonight we are going to continue our Christmas wishes arc with a review Yay. of 2001's Wishmaster 3 Beyond the Gates of Hell. And we'll move on to round 45 of the Besting the Backlog Challenge, where we'll discuss Android Cop. <laughs> And a couple of uh, softcore nudie flicks, courtesy of Mark, Oof. One Million Heels, BC, and Scream Queen Hot Tub Party. Are you yes. excited to talk about those? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, 14-year-old me would be uh, out of his skin right now, so excited. Yeah. Uh, but three-year-old <laughs> internet veteran me is like, yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll, get to, we'll get to it sooner uh. than later. Absolutely. So before we jump into all that, though, let's talk about how you can find us on social media. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And you can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And you can leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of the show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. And you can check out our long list of past reviews and all 115 podcast episodes 
right on over at cinefessions.com. Also, if you're a fan of the show, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a review on iTunes. Those iTunes reviews are essential to helping us grow. So thank you guys in advance for your support there. And just as we have been uh, kind of repeating over and over recently, if you do like us, just tell a friend about us. Let them know we're here. Maybe they'll like us as well and we can get another listener that way. So we definitely thank you guys for spreading the word about Cinefessions, however it is that you do it. And last but not least, as was announced on the last episode, make sure you head over to Cinefessions.com and vote in the right-hand sidebar to help us decide on which film we're going to review in week six of our next arc, the Scandinavian Horror Arc. You can choose between Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, Troll Hunter, Fail, or Let the Right One In. So definitely head over to Cinefessions.com to let your voice be heard. And that right-hand sidebar is right where the poll is. You can't miss it. There's not there's not a bad option no. there, so I'm excited for whatever happens. Yeah, and I've started getting a few movies trickling in uh, from uh, the purchase that to make to get these films for the for the next arc. So I'm excited yeah. to actually uh, rip them open and watch them. Oh yeah, should be a good time. Yeah, excellent. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of dive into my week in media first here, just because I have so little to talk about. I don't know why. Uh, I just I guess I just haven't been doing too terribly much. Um, so I've been reading Harry Potter still, going through that still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only have like maybe four chapters left, maybe three chapters left or so. Uh, so I'm getting toward the end. Uh, really loving it. I, I'm really glad that I decided to read it. Um, I'm, I definitely see myself continuing on in the series sooner rather than later. Um, so I'm really enjoying that still. Hopefully I'll have that done by uh, the end of this weekend or so. And then I can, you know, give you my final thoughts on that, on that first Harry Potter and their Sorcerer's Stone. But or as it's known overseas, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, which yes, quite right, quite right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't know that until very very recently. So, uh, yeah, I just I always thought it was Sorcerer's Stone. But anyway, other than that, I have um, I started reading today actually at work. The so I, I made a purchase on Amazon and I came with like a a bonus gift. Basically, you could pick a free Star Wars graphic novel out of this really? list of them. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I didn't realize I was getting it until I got the, uh, like the, whatever the email saying that I had. And I was like, Oh, awesome. And so I decided to, I went through uh, comic book. Herald is an awesome website that if you are looking for like reading orders or like best ofs or whatever, anything comic book related, the guy who run this thing is an absolute genius, like in, in terms of the, uh, the comic book world. And I love the website. Definitely check it out. If you haven't, it's comic book Herald. And he has a, a Star Wars, like he actually just posted uh, yesterday or today. It was like a top Star Wars graphic novels of all time list. And he has like the reading order for it and everything. So if you don't want to know where it comes in, um, in terms of the movies, blah, 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 it's perfect. But um, this one was on there. It was Star Wars, uh, Darth Vader and, uh, or Vader, I forget what it's called. I think it was just Star Wars Vader. And uh, this is. Uh, book one or volume one of it. And it's, you know, issues one through six. I started reading that um, at work today and uh, really, really liking it. It is basically, it takes place at the end of episode four. So the original Star Wars takes place after that. And um, Vader's kind of in trouble because he, you know, let the, uh, the Death Star, uh, right? Death Star. Yes, that's right. Right. Death Star. 
Uh, like his his operational moon base? Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. thank you. I don't know I'm being an idiot. But yeah, he let his Death Star get it, you know, get destroyed. And so the the Dark Sith Lord is is angry at him. And so um but he has his own plans because he's Vader, he's not going to be bossed around by anybody. So it's interesting. I'm a couple issues into that and, and enjoying that so far. Um but I also started reading uh the Sandman graphic novels. Uh have you read these? Like the Vertigo Sandman? Yes. No, I've never, I've never read those. Okay. They, they, when they were being published, like back in the nineties, mm-hmm. as as a kid who was uh, reading a lot of Spider Man and X Men right. books, those did not interest me whatsoever. I think maybe the art style is very dreamlike and mm-hmm. abstract in a way. Um, it it never appealed to me. Yeah, so you know, I, I've had this graphic novel for years, and I've always heard like you know, Sandman's the greatest graphic novel ever, the greatest comic series ever, blah blah blah. And so you know, it's written by Neil Gaiman, Gaiman, mm-hmm. Gaiman, G A I, however you say it. Yeah. And um, you know, I was really excited to read it, and for whatever reason, it just kind of sat there. But I finally decided to dive into it this week, and man, I am disappointed. Really? It, yeah, like it is. The writing is nothing special. Um, I've not really read any of Neil Gaiman's stuff previously, so I can't compare it. Okay. Um, but I know I was talking to Chris about it. He doesn't like any of his stuff that he's read. Um, and so I, I can't say that. I just, I'm not enjoying this. It's not that it's bad writing. It's just kind of ho-hum, I guess. And the art style is, like you said, very dreamy. Yeah. But it's it's almost like too messy for me. I'm not a big I, fan of it. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's very. There's so much going on, and it's just like ooh, overwhelming almost. Well, um, do you have Amazon Prime? Yes. Okay. Have you watched his series American Gods? No, I haven't. See, that's an, me and Melissa watched it, and it took okay. almost its full season run for me to actually enjoy it a lot. Oh, okay. Like, like it still doesn't make full sense, but mm-hmm. it, it took a while for me to actually like sit down, like you know. It took me a while for it for me to be excited to watch the next episode because the first gotcha. few really felt like a slog. Then it got a lot better. Um, okay. And apparently for season two, the showrunners for season one have left. So I don't know if season two is going to be in the same caliber or not. I don't know. But hmm. uh, yeah, again, very trippy, very um, existential. Uh, so okay. Yeah. If, so I was going to say, if you like Sandman, you'll probably like American Gods. I was kind of on the fence for American Gods. Mm-hmm. I know I'll probably not like Sandman. Yeah. But I've never tried. I've never tried. Yeah. You know, and I, I, so many people love it. You know, it's often considered mm-hmm. one of the greatest of all time. And it's just, man, it has not connected with me. Um, so I'm like, it's actually a, a, a pretty long volume one compared to what I normally read with like, you know, the standard superhero fair, fair or even like, you know, regular like preacher walking down anything like that you know you're usually getting like yeah. four to six issues in the volume but this is like i think double like eight issues i believe um so it's longer okay. and i'm like halfway through it honestly i read the first issue and i was like man i'm gonna stop i was like you know what i'm gonna give it one more and just see i read the second issue and then i realized now people might you'll laugh at me because i you everyone probably knows this but i didn't realize it but the sandman universe or sandman actually takes place in the dc comics universe so like justice mm-hmm. league is mentioned and um, Constantine, John Constantine is mentioned. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, I didn't know that at all. I was like, okay, well, let me see how it goes. So I read the third issue, which is him and Constantine. I actually, I thought that one was pretty decent. So then I read the fourth issue and that one was just like, ugh, this is not very good. So I think, honestly, I think I'm done at this point. 
Um, I am interested to see if he does connect with the Justice League because that was kind of hinted at in the beginning. But I just, I've not, (laughs) I've not liked it. So I think I'm Because like this, the Salmon character, you know, had the book, but I think the big breakout star of that series was Death. I think that's his little sister, if I'm right. Oh, it hasn't been she, introduced yet, but maybe. Oh, okay. Well, she be, she becomes like the fan favorite. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So like, so I don't know much about the Sandman world or like that part of the DC universe. I don't know if they're considered cosmic or dreamlike. Right. I don't know. But uh, Death apparently is a big, uh, was the big breakout star. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so a little disappointed in that one. Um but, and then honestly, from there, I've just been like YouTube and man, I've just been watching so much YouTube. Man, uh, must be nice. Yeah. That's been kind of taken up most of my time. Cause I haven't, yeah. uh, I just haven't been in the mood to like play anything. I have, after I beat call of duty, modern warfare, uh, call of duty Four modern warfare remastered, I haven't been in the mood to play anything. Um, I turned on NHL 17 for like, 10 minutes and i was like man i just don't feel like doing this turned mm-hmm. it off the next day i put on like nhl legacy edition on ps3 because i've heard like yeah. that's supposed to be one of the better ones so it's the mm-hmm. nhl 15 equivalent but the ones on ps4 and xbox one were neutered they were shit okay. and so i heard that like the legacy edition was actually better on ps3 and xbox 360 so i ended up purchasing the ps3 one a while back and um i started playing that and i played it for about an hour i wanted to like create a team and then you know take oh i was taking over carolina i decided and was just gonna like you know see what to do okay uh like take my created team over you know like remove carolina from because in that one you can't do an expansion draft or anything okay and so you can only have 30 teams and so i was going to replace carolina with this expansion team i wanted to do the um because i they had the logo in there the kansas city scouts an old old hockey team yeah and of course they have like the seals, the California seals logo. They have the whalers logo and they have those all listed in the team names. But in this edition, you can't just type in your team name. You have to pick from a list and they oh. only, the fucking thing. They, they don't have the scouts. They have scouting for goals is the closest thing they have for the scouts. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how do you have an old NHL franchise with the name scouts and not include it in your list of possible fucking names? Yeah. I, that, that was so stupid. Anyway. So I did that. I started the season and I was like, Wow. I don't feel like playing a game. And so I turned that off. So like, just nothing has been like, nothing's been hitting me. I haven't really felt like watching any movies lately. Mm-hmm. Um, my reading has just been Harry Potter, uh, which I've only actually, I, I've slowed down significantly. I've only been doing like maybe a chapter a day just because I've just been I, not in the mood. I don't know. So it's just been yeah. a weird week for me. But Well, sometimes you just get into slumps where you just, you know, yeah. you do, it happens. Just, you just don't want to do anything because yeah. you you've got so many options. You can't decide exactly. on one. I know where you're coming from. Yeah, you know, I totally am. So, I mean, that's basically my my entire week. Uh, well, I did buy a... So, while YouTubing, what I'll do is I'll watch something in like a... For example, I started watching like uh, vinyl shit on YouTube. Oh, and yeah. I was bored at work because my, my boss had been gone a week. And so, I'm like sitting on my phone all day, you know, because I'm bored out of my mind. Uh-huh. And so... I was on Reddit reading Reddit vinyl, which is a a great forum on there for all things vinyl. Okay. And so I started getting into the vinyl, looking at that and like, oh damn. So then I was on YouTube, started watching shit about vinyl on YouTube. 
And so then, of course, I had to go to Dearborn Music, my local record store, and I was able to find a uh, album that I wanted. It was uh, Ben Folds. Thanks for Silverman or something for Silverman. Saving? I don't Not Saving Silverman. Yeah. Well, I forget. Songs for Silverman. That's what it was. Okay. Ben Folds, Songs for Silverman. And uh, so that was my first record purchase that I've done in quite a while. Um, and listen to that. And uh, it's it's really good. I really like Ben Folds. But not my favorite album of his, but still still pretty darn good. So yeah, other than that, that was, that was pretty much it. So what about you, sir? Oh, well... I've been in the mood to play video games, but since it's, you know, today we're recording on the, what, today's the, what, 14th of December? 14th, yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've only got about two weeks and change to finish my challenge. <laughs> so hmm. last time we talked, I was just about to hit the letter J. And uh, right. I'm have to report that now I'm at the letter Q. So wow. I've got about nine movies to go. I would love to Good get this you. done before Christmas because... I don't want to stretch this more than I have to. Right. Um, well, I'll, I'll well, I'll go I'll go with uh, non movie stuff first. Um, so, movie watching has taken up most of my time, but I am still able to do some gaming at work on night shifts. Um, so, I bought this game. I don't know why I'm buying games because uh, I got so many to play, but I, <laughs> I just picked up on uh, on the Switch. It's called Nine Parchments. And it's pretty much a what's it called? Nine parchments or parchments? Uh, never heard of that. A, a parchment. Anyways, uh, it's an indie game. It's coming oh, okay. out. It's coming out to the PS4 and I think the Xbox. I think it might be out now, but it hmm. started a week early on the Switch. You you play a wizard and you've got spells and uh, there was some sort of explosion at the wizard school. So now you have to go and pick up the nine parchments of magic that are strewn across the, the world that you're in. Um, huh. It plays a bit like Gauntlet, where you've got these different types of magics. And uh, there's some monsters that are resistant to some types of magic. So you got to use a different spell, blah, 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 you know. And there's a bit of like an RPG tree where you got to level up. And then once you reach certain levels, then you get other spells. And um, it's kind of fun. It's more of a multiplayer game because single player, it's kind of boring. But oh, I had a okay. chance to play maybe for an hour with my buddy Paul and uh, his uh, stepdaughter. And we were three people playing at the same time. And that was lots of fun. But uh, cool. that's pretty much the only gaming I've done apart from maybe a little bit of a little bit more of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the time, I've been forced myself to watch movies. And since I'm on my last run on this Alpha to Zulu to Alpha Challenge, and it's only DVDs, I'm really hitting some pretty shitty fucking flicks. I'm going into these compilation uh, collections where it's like, you know, 10 movies on like three discs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's going to be fucking garbage, but I'm trying to do as much as I can to follow the the letter of the law. Um, So (laughs) in the last week since we've spoken, uh, I've got one, two, three, four, five, five movies that are under two star ratings. Um, Wow. So yeah, so it's been it's it's been a slog to a point where I don't feel like watching movies anymore because <laughs> it's it's a fucking chore and it should not be a chore to watch a horror movie or any movie right. I should say. But uh, so since we last spoke, um, so my letter J and these films have already been put on Instagram uh, minus one or two that I just watched yesterday. But uh, so you can follow along with my reviews on Instagram. 
at uh, the Cinefession site. Um, so Jay was uh, the uh, Bill's a Bulb film. Oh God! Jesus, yeah. a total douchebag. Yeah, fucking horrendous. <laughs> and it was almost two hours long. Oh my God! Horrendous. Wow. The like, and even like, there's so much full frontal nudity, mm-hmm. and like, you know, like, not just like tits, but like full frontal, like, yeah, vagina and everything. Which is awesome because it's like it takes you back a bit because I'm like, oh, uh, you don't really see full frontal right. shaved vaginas that much, mm-hmm. in, you know, at least in the movies that I, you know, watch, you don't really. Um, <laughs> but like even in the first scene, it was so blasphemous. I'm not religious, but it was blasphemous. It was racist. It was misogynist, uh, misogynistic. Hmm. Um, there's no redeeming qualities to this. Like even first scene, Mary Madeline, she's wearing a nun habit. Or pretty much just a nun, I guess, hat and mm-hmm. whatever. You know. On all fours, getting fucked from by God from this giant dick coming from the sky. She's got a fucking tampon string. Intruding <laughs> from her baby. God. Dude, even in scenes, you can see the, the, the shadow of the string against her thigh. I'm like, I'm oh. so revolted. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, oh. Oh the only thing that would make God. it like, you know, that would make me actually hurl as if she had armpit hair. Like just, <laughs> I was expecting it. So, I was so oh, cool. Stuff. Like, Anyways, you're so fucking cool, dude. The mm-hmm. movie's a bomb. I've got a few of his films because, again, he goes to Wasteland a lot. Mm-hmm. I get drunk. I go to the to the dealer table. I get self-signed by him. Um, so I have a signed copy of Judas Total Douchebag, but it's not personalized. <laughs> if anybody wants to buy it off of me, I'll give it to you for free. <laughs> Just pay the shipping and handling. Um, but it's garbage. Like, I don't go to him anymore because really his films are shit. Like, yeah. hey, it's awesome being like a micro-budgeted horror author, but they're horrible. Yeah, they're, they're fucking horrendous. horrendous. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that sucked. Then on my, uh, I downloaded a few films on my iPad for night shift because sometimes, you know, I'm too tired. And I don't want to play video games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I downloaded before I wake, which was, uh, supposed to be released maybe last year in the theaters and shit happened and it didn't. Um, mm-hmm. it's directed by Matt Flanagan. And I just saw on uh, Twitter today that the film is finally getting released on us Netflix, uh, next the, uh, I guess in January. Oh, but okay. Cool. We're on, on a Canadian one, and uh, it stars uh, Kate Bosworth and uh, Thomas Jane with a shitty haircut. And it's about oh. it's about them adopting this or being a foster parent to this kid whose dreams come alive. So, like when he's hmm. dreaming, he sees butterflies, but then he's also got this monster nightmare thing that kills people. That's okay. why he goes to so many fucking foster families because this, you know, his dreams, his nightmares come alive and kill people. Hmm. Um, the monster itself looked pretty cool, but the film itself is a bit of a dud. I thought it was kind of boring. It took a long time for it to actually um, do something. So I give, okay. it, uh, I give it like honor rating of four. I give it two out of four stars. Um, was, did you Have you seen Gerald's Game yet by Mike Flanagan? No. Oh, did he do that too? No, I did not. Yeah. No. Okay. Honestly, I haven't watched a lot of Netflix mm-hmm. um, that isn't like podcast related. Um, gotcha. Like th- this was, you know... I kind of want to watch Gerald's Game at home because I knew this movie was going to kind of be shitty so I can watch it at work mm-hmm. and not like, care if it's on a big screen or not. Gerald's Game, I legit want to watch like on a big screen. Mm-hmm. So, no, I haven't watched that one yet. Um, okay. Okay, and then for the letter K, I, it's a Hammer film out of this Hammer horror collection that I bought eons ago and never yeah. watched any of them. Uh, the <clears throat> Kiss of the Vampire. 
Okay. It's a uh, Victoria era vampire film. Um, couples vehicle, uh, they're like, you know, model T Ford breaks down, not even model T it's even before that, but their, their car runs out of gas or petrol. And, uh, they're on their new, they're on their honeymoon. They go to this inn. They get invited by this count to go to their house for a party. Obviously, he's a vampire and you know, whatever. Uh, long story right. short, it's a hammer vampire film. It was actually pretty decent. I really liked it a lot. The ending Good. has the weirdest ending for a vampire film that I've ever seen. Um, oh, I don't want to ruin it, but it was <laughs> odd as fuck. Like I did not expect it, and then it just ended like just like that. It's like weird <laughs> thing happens, and then the end. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, but it's got some really good performances. Um, Clifford Evans plays Professor Zimmer, which is kind of like, it reminds me of uh, like an old drunk uh, who looks like uh, like uh, Paul Natchi from the World of Movies. Um, spliced <laughs> in with the way he spoke, he sounded like Quinn from Jaws. So he was a pretty cool character. <laughs> but uh, awesome. the film itself, again, weird. But I liked it. So I would give that uh, two and a half out of four stars. Um, Good. Another work movie. A girl brought, uh, my friend um, Lee brought this to work. I'd never seen it. Dolores Claiborne. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, Stephen King film. Uh, directed by, I believe, Taylor Hackford. Yeah, Taylor Hackford. And uh, he did a bunch of films we would have seen, like Devil's Advocate, um, Officer and a Gentleman. Uh, he did... Uh, uh, Parker with uh, with uh, Jason Statham. Anyways, yeah. um, I really liked it. It's a movie that I'd seen before, not seen before, but like I knew of, but it just never really appealed to me. And uh, on night shift, we tend to watch movies that like oh, I've always wanted to watch that, but never have. But now we're at mm-hmm. work, so we're, we're gonna do it. And uh, yeah. not bad. It's it's a bit of a good performances, mm-hmm. but for a Stephen King film, it's slightly boring. That's Kathy Bates, right? Kathy Bates, yeah. Kathy Bates, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, David Stanham. Yeah. Um, so I liked it, but it's it's slow, and it, there's nothing supernatural about it. It's, okay. it's it's more of a you know shitty husband. How do you get rid of him? Type of film, you know. I always mixed up um, Dolores Claiborne and Misery when I was younger because okay. I know I've seen both of them, but. Like Misery, when I watched it, it was like watching it for the first time. And yeah. I assume when I watch Dolores Claiborne again, it's going to be like watching it for the first time. Yeah. But I always mix those up just because they have the same lead actress and they're both Stephen King I don't know, adaptations and oh, so on. Misery is by far the better film. Okay. I, I would, Misery's fantastic, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's Jimmy Kahn and like Jimmy Kahn's yeah. awesome and everything. Right. Um. So, okay. So now today's what the 14th we said, right? So yep. I did Dolores Claiborne on the 10th. And now, so I've watched all the following films within like three days. So you can wow. see why I'm kind of like, fuck you movies. <laughs> because <laughs> including this week's uh, uh, subject, uh, I'm looking forward to watching something good. So um, The Last Slumber Party, which I found off a two-pack of like uh, slasher films that I that I, I think I won off an eBay auction a long time ago. Um, let's just say the best thing about the last summer party would be the poster and the girls oh. on the poster are not in the film. So <laughs> yeah, that's the best. Yeah. It, it's pretty fucking shitty. It's like shot on V VHS or shot on video, um, cheapy micro budget slasher film made in somebody's house. 
bad, yeah. not good. And you would huh. think for an 80s film that involves a slumber party to be nudity, there was none. So yeah. slightly disappointing. Yeah. I see, I remember reading the, your review of that now and thinking, oh, yeah, how is that possible? Yeah, yeah weird. <laughs> I was, I'm like, okay, well, I can see, okay, I wouldn't mind seeing her naked. and No, nah, didn't see anything. Right. wasn't good. Um, mm. Now, next one, which I posted today, I think it's called Movie House Massacre or Movie... The reason why I yeah. say that is because it's also known as a Blood Theater. And uh, it's from 1984. And it uh, starred uh, Mary Warnoff. Or Warnoff? Um, Warnoff. Uh, you would know her from <laughs> fucking uh, Tropic Mall. And she's in Terrorvision. And uh, she's in Night of the Comet. Like, you know, I, I cannot pronounce her last name, but you know, who she, she's in House of the Devil. Um, she's, okay. she's awesome. I'm sure I've seen yeah. her. She's awesome. This movie is not. Um, apparently, hmm. uh, well, it's directed by Rick Sloan, which he's the guy who did all the Vice Academy films, which I would love for a box set to come out of Vice Academy movies. Um, <laughs> but there isn't. And he fucking uh, dropped the ball in this one. Again, his first feature film, whatever. Not good. So it's about this theater that on their last night, they're closing because opening, they're reopening the building as a movie theater. Uh, the, the owner of the building finds his girlfriend with another guy. He goes crazy, kills everybody in the theater. So now all these years later, this uh, movie chain or this cinema chain, I should say, uh, buys the building and wants to reopen it as another movie theater. But, you know, people start dying as they're trying to renovate the building. I'm going to I'm gonna spoil it because I don't fucking care. So the guy, <laughs> so the, the guy who goes crazy, he's, like, he's maybe in his late teens, early 20s, back, I guess, in the 30s. But now he comes back. So this is the thing. It's such a fucking stupid movie. So the... <laughs> the... The manager of the... Of the theater back then is coming back now but i'm not sure if he's a ghost arm because he's aged he's like 70 to 80 years old so is is he a ghost or did he has he just lived in this theater all these years and just killed people as they came came along because the way they dispatch him is they actually stab him so he's physical but then half the kills in this movie are like supernatural. Like a girl pops up in a popcorn machine and gets popped to death. Then a guy, uh, he he falls back on a film projector and gets electrocuted. But then there's also a lot of stabbings. So I don't know if it's actually the ghost that aged or if it's the spirits of all the dead people that since we're dead, you're going to be dying too. It doesn't explain anything. It makes no sense. And then this, there's a subplot of the, the of the cinema chain owner being a scumbag, and he actually records his movies <laughs> in his theater and sells them, like bootlegs it in his own theater. Yeah. It's fucking dumb. The movie's fucking dumb. I gave it one star. I was being generous. Um, I was being very yeah. generous, but I gave it a one star. Um, and then yeah, in the last three days, uh, or pardon me, from yesterday to uh, to today, um, I also watched the new Barbarians. Which is an Italian Mad Max ripoff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so man. I'm not going to give you the scores on that on these uh, next few ones because uh, the Instagrams are going to come out. But uh, <laughs> so New Barbarians, known as the uh, Warriors of the Wasteland, um, 
So I, I watched that. It's actually part of a trilogy, right? Is that the one? Well, that one? it's in a three pack of two other films like 1990, the Bronx and something else. Um, so obviously I just picked this one because I needed a letter N film. So new barbarians. Um, if you want match, thing is it, it rips off Mad Max two, the world warrior completely. How does it compare to Mad Max two? It doesn't. So there you go. You know, it, it's, it's a cheap Italian knockoff. Uh, some people might find it, you know, kitschy. I just, at this point, I've watched so many fucking shitty films. Maybe I was overly harsh in my reviews of it, um, which you'll probably read uh, sometime in the next few days. Uh, <laughs> but I gave it uh, a low score. Um, they, um, let's see. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they came out from Blue Underground has the trilogy. Well, frankly, I don't know if they're all related. I think so, though. But they're on Blu-ray. And so I have The New Barbarians, Escape from the yeah. Bronx, and 1990 The Bronx Warriors. And I'm fairly certain they follow one another. Okay, see, I've got those on DVD. And I okay. think they were released by Shriek Show back then. Oh, yeah, okay. So I, I have those three films. Um, but yeah, they're, they're DVD. Yeah, I must have bought this at my first con back in Toronto all those years ago. Um, gotcha. So yeah. Yeah, I have... All three of them unwrapped or still wrapped, rather sitting in my hand. They they feel great. I, I really do want to watch them because one, t- you know, first one, the Bronx Warriors takes place in 1990. Um, Escape from the Bronx takes place in 2000, and then the New Barbarians takes place in 2019. Yeah. So, and they're all by Enzo G. Cast- Castellari. Yeah. So in that case, yeah, I definitely want to. Yeah. Watch so them. now with the whole Trump and North Korea. Who knows if this might actually come true. Um, but yeah, I, I just didn't like it. Exactly. You know, uh, you, you'll have to read my review. I, I wrote it today. It's, I, I think huh. my my rating of it, uh, well, fuck it. I'll give the ratings anyways. Um, out of five stars on Letterboxd, I give it one and a half stars out of five. So I guess it'd be like one star out of four. Oh, okay. I just didn't like it. Gotcha. I think I'm just, you know, frustrated by the shit. But at the same time, though, right, I'm kind of yeah. watching all these shit films so that you don't give them to me later on in the future backlog challenge. <laughs> but at the same time, too, I fucking own them. So I'm going to have to watch them. I'm just mm-hmm. tired of watching crap. Mm-hmm. And I've been able, I could have been able to watch other things, but might as well go with this this schlock for the next little while. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Now, I also watched, uh, so for the, I got two more. Uh, for the letter O, I have Ozone by Tempe Video. And back in the day when I used to collect comics, I also subscribed to a magazine called Alternative Cinema. And it was this like micro-budgeted indie direct-to-video magazine that would would like uh, highlight all these direct-to-video films at the video stores. And uh, this was directed by Jared Bookwater, which who also did The Dead Next Door, which I believe you bought on Blu-ray, if I'm correct. Yes, I love I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. So if if you like that film, you'll like this one. I actually I have to rewatch The Dead Next Door. Um I have it on DVD. Mm. But this Ozone film, I was surprised on how well acted it was. Okay. It gets kind of weird at the end, but I thought the the lead actor, let me see if I can find his name here quickly on uh, mm-hmm. on Letterboxd. But uh, I was actually quite surprised. Oh, his name is James Black. He plays this cop that gets caught in this weird drug culty pretty much it's kind of like street trash where this drug will transform into this like higher being kind of mutant okay. zombie like character uh pardon me um yeah i actually really liked it more Good. than i thought it would 
um, I give it two and a half out of five. So I'll give it two out of four stars. Um, but yeah, I was actually quite surprised. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and two and a half out of my recent films that I've watched is actually pretty decent. Um, <laughs> right. And uh, last one, uh, I watched Prison A Go Go. <laughs> okay. I bought it strictly for the cover art uh, because it's got uh, Rhonda Shear from USA's Up All Night. And <laughs> again, with Mary Warrenov, uh, which was in the earlier Blood Theater one. Um, she has a prominent uh, picture on the cover art. She's in the film maybe for a split second. So that's kind of bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a spoof of women, of women in prison films. Hmm. Um, it's quite zany, if I can use that word. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It, 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 so it's a spoof. It's tongue in cheek. It's doesn't take itself seriously. It's a comedy and it's dumb. Okay. Um, some actually – there's a few scenes where I actually laughed out loud, which I thought was very funny because mm-hmm. of its repetitive nature. And there's a, so obviously it's a woman in prison film. So there's going to be a shower scene. So after the first shower right. scene, a little clock popped up at the bottom of the screen to tell you how long until the next shower scene. Um, <laughs> so again, it, 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 it's really, oh. it's a tongue in cheek woman in prison film. Um, not exactly what I expected. I thought it'd be more of a serious, like, oh, you know, come here, bitch. I'm going to make my bitch type of thing. And it really wasn't. Right. It was actually <laughs> quite funny. Um, not enough oh, to get it, give it a passing score, but oh, okay. uh, like I gave it two out of five stars because some stuff, some of it hit, but a lot of it missed. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of liked it. it. Like it broke the fourth wall a few times. Um, so okay. it's, it's, it's weird. It, it defies really description. It's just, it's a weird spoof tongue in cheek woman prison film, I suppose. So I guess it, I pretty I labeled it pretty good. Um, so I gave it two out of five stars. So I probably gave it one and a half out of four. Um, okay. Rhonda Shear on the cover of the poster looks a little younger than she does in the film. <laughs> um, mm. and same thing for Mary Roronoff. Um, she looks a lot older in the film than she did on the DVD uh, cover. Uh, but yeah, I'll have my, I'm going to type in those reviews tomorrow and they'll be up on Instagram probably sometime next week. And Perfect. that's about it for movies. Um, coming to TV, I know I'm going long here. Um, I, oh, you're fine. I started Punisher, uh, the uh, Netflix series. Only two episodes in, like it so far. So leave it at that. Good. And I've got two episodes left for season uh, two of um, Hemlock Grove. I kind of stalled a bit uh, with that series, mm. but I got two episodes left. So for sure, by next episode, I will have that completed, and that should complete my uh, that should complete that uh, that challenge because I'll have that TV show done. And uh, actually, I don't know if I started that in December or not. That might have been a late November. Anyways, if that doesn't count, then I don't then Punisher will because we'll have that done right. uh, sooner. Well, probably once my fucking movie challenge is done, then I'll be able to do that one. But uh, yeah, and then uh, movie-wise, I haven't gone to the theater because I'm trying to catch up to this <laughs> to this collection or to this challenge. Mm-hmm. So uh, hoping to do uh, Star Wars sometime after Christmas. I want to check out the new Jumanji. That looks really good. Oh yeah. And then there's a Christmas one. Uh, is it this? Uh, I'm not sure if it's a circus one or if it's the one about Scrooge that I want to see. Or maybe it's both. But yeah, um, even if I wanted to go to the movies on Tuesday, there really wasn't anything I really wanted to see. Because I heard that Murder on the Orient Express wasn't very good. 
um, the shape of the water that uh, uh, Del Toro film about uh, the Black Lagoon monster that Mm -hmm. hasn't been released yet in my neck of the woods. So all the really good stuff is coming this weekend. Gotcha. And then, you know, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that covers everything. So that's my weekend media. Perfect. Yeah, I probably won't get to Star Wars until uh, not this weekend, but hopefully next weekend. So Christmas weekend, we'll see. Yeah. But definitely, definitely excited to see it. And hopefully people are cool with spoilers. Um, right. Exactly. That, that's my biggest issue. But, uh, yeah. you know, if I stay off uh, of the social media, then, you know, we should be okay. I'm I'm pretty fortunate with, because like really the only social media I use is, you know, um, Twitter. And yeah. so I am very good with the people I follow. I don't have to worry too much about spoilers, but the only time that really uh, concerns me is at work. Somebody will walk in and be like, oh, blah, 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 and start spouting off shit. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I've not seen it yet. So, so, so don't wear your Star Wars tie to work to incite a discussion, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly yeah. right. All right. So let's move over to our review for the week. We are talking, of course, about Wishmaster 3, Beyond the Gates of Hell. So there will be spoilers for Wishmaster 3, Wishmaster 2, and Wishmaster, I'm sure, as we move forward. So just keep that in mind. If you have not watched these films up to this point, make sure you hit pause, go on, watch them, come on back and hit play, and listen to our spoiler-filled discussion of Wishmaster 3. And you know, it's funny. I'm looking at the uh, letterbox, and mm-hmm. Ash has seen this movie. Yes. Yep, he has. when he watched it, but... Uh, I know. Seen it, which actually surprises yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. He gave it, I think it was two out of five, so probably about a one and a half out of four, I would imagine. Yeah, that's so. that's that's pretty generous. Well, we'll see. <laughs> All right, so Wishmaster 3 had an original U.S. television premiere date of October 23rd, 2001, directed by Chris Angel, not, not the mind freak, somebody else. That would have been so much cooler. And written, I know, that would be pretty cool. And written by Alex Wright, not the pro wrestler, I don't imagine. <laughs> Very doubtful. <laughs> I haven't I haven't thought of him in a long time. Man, oh man. Wonder what he's doing today. Uh I have no idea. Probably writing the fifth film in this series. <laughs> Hopefully. All right. So it has an IMDB score of 3.6 out of the 3,415 votes. It does not have a Metacritic score, no tomato meter score, but it does have an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 16%. It currently has a 1.8 out of 5 star rating on Letterboxd based on 400 ratings. I could not find any information about its budget or its, obviously it's, well, box office gross is zero because it's direct-to-video, but um, it had, and it clocks in at 89 minutes in length. So, Mark, this is your first time watching, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay, mine as well. Perfection. All right, so... My first, my very first note was, well, if literally nothing else about this film, at least we have the most attractive female lead to date. Um, I thought that, uh, what's her name? CJ, I think. AJ. AJ yeah. Cook as Diana. Uh, very pretty, one. And that was my first initial uh, reaction. Um, but two, I thought she was actually uh, pretty darn good in this. Um, only thing that bugged me is she has uh, a case of the late 90s, early 2000s eyebrows. <laughs> 
Uh, I didn't even notice them, to be honest uh, with you. I, I did. I, I, I yeah. don't know why. I, I don't know why I'm nitpicking because, like, in my in film, no. But uh, I just thought she had the really shitty eyebrow look from the from the era. So I guess in a way it's mm-hmm. fitting because this is from 2001. But uh, right, it, exactly, it yeah. because she's very cute. Then she had these really shitty arch- arching eyebrows. That's yeah. funny. Huh. Uh, I I can't I, I can't did tell really... if she had a tampon string or not because that wasn't uh, shown. <laughs> but uh, oh, that's so disgusting. Uh, Anyways, anyway, I really liked the um, opening car crash in her nightmare sequence, and I was I was impressed and I was surprised. Um, because this this film's a Canadian production, yes. and it's it's filmed in Winnipeg. Um, With the Jets. I no no thank God they were not involved. <laughs> I just felt I just felt this film looked Canadiana and it also it also looked kind of cheap. Well, uh, so it, I, I, it I, is right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I just I I honestly wasn't that impressed. I, I think I'm just I'm I'm spoiled and I just didn't think it looked that cool. You know, I was impressed by the fact that they had they had a legitimate car catch on fire and then a legitimate explosion happen um, in this direct-to-video Wishmaster 3, of all things. Like, that's why I was impressed. And, you know, it does have that look about it. I can see what you're saying, but I, I like that. I like your, your Canadiana. Did you just make that up, or is that a thing they say in Canada? No, I just oh, made okay. it up. Because I know we have, like, Americana, so I didn't know if that was legit or not but i like that and so oh, i'm sure that term is used yeah. just maybe not for film right. it's, just, it's just got that you know i have no budget and it looks it just feels too local i i, I don't know i just yeah. and in the commentary yeah, it, it bugged me he talks about how they had nine cameras or eight cameras filming that I opening know. shot i was like what holy shit yeah that was that was crazy i'm like uh, what did you steal them <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, a character I didn't like in this, um, was Greg, her boyfriend. Um, he just always, like, first thing about him was weird. His, his introduction line, the the first line he says besides D or or die or whatever he calls her is, what is it? Oh, he says, that's the problem. You can't completely know someone. And it was just the way he said it was just so weird, such a weird way to introduce this character. He, it's, he's got that douchey feel to him yeah his his where it's like, expression is always like whiny and and douchey like you said like that's well always there it's it's because diana hasn't said i love you to him yet right and he's at a point where they've been together for a long time it's either you do love me or you don't mm-hmm. but you know he also understands she's got this this childhood trauma that she's still dealing with right and he's being patient but his patience is wearing out so at this point we're seeing them at the possibly tail end of their relationship mm-hmm. so he's starting to throw a few jabs just to see what kind of move she's gonna make back right yeah but he doesn't have to whine constantly all the time like when she when she says that she has to go work at like the, with the professor at the museum just like his fucking yeah. oh i just wanted to punch him like dude stop being a bitch but, but the thing is at the same time you know like he's also very jealous uh, yeah because like you know that. he wants to spend time with her and for some reason he thinks that the professor has a chance with her mm-hmm. which I thought it was weird as well. Yeah. But we'll get to that, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, my, 
initial reaction to was it Billy? Was that the best friend's boyfriend? Oh, uh, the the blonde guy. Yeah, yeah, was, uh, Billy Matthews. Yes, Billy. Yeah. So I was like mad at myself because I actually laughed at his first like introduction there because he was like, um, oh, he's talking about like what his new study was and he's like sex in public is it hotter and i don't know he just like he made me laugh at the beginning but then as it went on like i just really disliked that character i really yeah, disliked he, both the boyfriends oh he's, he's a dude bro right yeah like he, he's a guy you would see at a kegger right like, yeah he, you know what threw me off the most in the opening like s- sequences with everybody mm-hmm. was there a sale of green t-shirts happening locally <laughs> because you had Diana wearing a green shirt, you've got um, you've got Billy wearing the men's version of that of a green shirt, and then you've also had the, the professor in class wearing a green shirt, and it wasn't like different variations of like you know one was like lime green, one was neon green, one was mm-hmm. a dark green. It was all the same shade of shirt. I'm like, why is there so much green in this film? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I I again. Didn't notice it, but I'm all about the eyebrows and the fashion of the film. That's my forte. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny though. I I I kind of want to go back and and see that, but I missed it. Oh, don't you don't have to. (laughs) It's on the same desk. Yes, you could. Right, exactly. No man. Um, I loved Diana's line. She said so. Her boyfriend uh, is like talking with those two attractive girls, and um, the one is like Anne, I think is her name. She's like, you know, I forget what she, but she's like, aren't you worried about something? And Diana's like, I'm not worried when you're this good. They never wander. And I was like, oh, get it, girl. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, of all the characters, my favorite was Katie York. Uh, the uh, I guess oh, the uh, best Billy's friend? girlfriend. Yeah, I okay. liked her a lot. Okay. I liked her a lot. I wasn't a um, huge fan, but... Really? Yeah. I thought she was kind of like the the forced cool, if, if that makes sense. Like she was like, uh, they were trying really hard to make her very early 2000s, late 90s cool. And it just felt a little... Oh, sure. Well, she was kind of like the Shannon Elizabeth of American Pie in this mm-hmm. movie. Where, you know, she she's wholesome, but also has got that kinky side. I didn't think she was wholesome at all, though. But I, th- I thought it was all definitely well, she, the. She looks side. wholesome, like like she doesn't look. Um, you know, she she doesn't overplay her looks at all. True, you true. Know, she wears yeah. a bobsuit, cleavage. You know, hair is kind of okay, kind of okay. Her hair is nice, but yeah. then you know she'll go and have sex in public place. Mm-hmm. You know, so she's like the good girl that goes bad, but she's not that good of a like. She's not like Christian good. She's more like. I look good, but I've got a wild side to me. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. And plus, we started boobs. So we sure did. We sure Which did. Which is weird to me. You know, like this is the first film that we see nudity. Oh, I was um, very pleased. Yeah, yeah, but I was so surprised because like we we first see the nudity early on in the film with the two uh with the two demon ladies. Yeah. And then uh again with a sex scene with uh, between Billy and Katie. Mm-hmm. And uh I was not prepared. I was not prepared. <laughs> that, that surprised you, did it? It did because uh, as we get along with this film here, um, it doesn't really follow the mold of previous Wishmaster films. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it doesn't. Um, and uh, no, it doesn't. 
I think that's. I think it's better off for that. Oh, I totally disagree. Okay. Um, I, I I feel this film um, became more of a generic stock and slash than a Wishmaster. Well, okay, yes. We'll get to it as we talk about the film, but uh, yeah, and it's not that I disagree with you. I just think that's if if Wishmaster Two was what a Wishmaster film is, then I I don't want a Wishmaster film. Like I want this generic, whatever this is, versus that type of thing. Well, I don't. I'd watch Wishmaster Two over Wishmaster Three again. Oh my god, I would burn Wishmaster Two in a fucking fiery death. Before I would ever consider watching that over Wishmaster Three again. Well, well, only reason why is because of Andrew Divoff. Um, so I, yeah, and that's something we can definitely talk about because he gets introduced quickly here. Um, yeah. First off, the the makeup is shit compared to the first one, Obviously. and yeah, the the character. Um, so it's actually not played by the same actor. Like Div, um, I think yeah, Divoff a- played both the the gin uh you know what i'm saying like the yes yeah the demon looking gin and the yes. you know sean connery's son which blew my mind but um <laughs> in this case it's not somebody other, somebody else actually plays the demon gin um yeah. but the just the makeup looked like shit the way he was like the way he portrayed himself as the gin was just like he he came off as like skeevy like oh, totally just I, I, the way he was like licking his lips at one point, it was just like, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't like looking at you. Like you're fucking <laughs> gross. Wait till I post my picture for tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> oh no, because it's exactly a picture of him like That's in awesome. the middle of like pretending <laughs> moaning uh, with his oh, tongue out. Um, so I listened to the commentary track, which yeah. one I was surprised it was a commentary track. Yeah, me too. Uh, but, it, but it involved uh, uh, Chris Angel. Mm-hmm. Not the mind freak. Um, <laughs> involved John Novak, who played the gin, and also with Louis Z. Geist that played Katie. Um, so this is not the same genie, okay? From the right, films. exactly. Now this this bugs me. Um, like it was mentioned pr- prior that there is a race of gin, mm-hmm. but now, so you're telling me that there's a race of you guys. And mm-hmm. not one of you was able to have somebody do three wishes in the last few centuries. You, you well, know, what it's I mean? not a very, not like, a very talented race. Well, I guess, but just just the fact that you know, if there's so many of you, eventually you're going to get somebody to to do the few wishes so you can take over the world. You know, mm-hmm. and you're telling me within your whole race, none of you have been able to. You've all been thwarted by the human race. It, and to me, it just it's not plausible. There's no fucking way because you know there's easily I can think of a hundred people that I know that would do the three wishes and then be taken over and slain. Yeah. You know, so right. that, that kind of bugs me. I I preferred if it was actually just maybe it's a gin per realm. You know, mm-hmm. maybe there's like a a gin for Earth, a gin for you know like Pluto or something. What like whatever. You know. Yeah. Um. To me, that's more plausible. But to think that there's a full race of these guys and what are they all in the same stone? Because that's another thing. Um, so in this case, she opens a Hellraiser puzzle box and there's the ruby and then she rubs it and then, you know, he he appears. Um, yeah. 
I speaking of that box, I really yeah. like that. I thought it was a cool prop, like something I would like to have in my like you know collection of memor- movie memorabilia. I would like to own that. Oh, okay, yeah, nice box, but I don't like the way it was portrayed in the film. Like okay. the, the 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 jewel was encased in a statue in the previous films, so that nobody gets right. access to this. And now there's another gin with the same looking stone. Like the stone in the first two films was an alchemist in, in the Persian times who actually created the, the gem to in, incarcerate this jinn. So are you right. telling me that all the jinns are incarcerated in similar looking stones? That doesn't make sense <laughs> either, right? Mm-hmm. Or am I over am I overanalyzing it? I don't know. It just this kind of shit well, bugs I mean, me, you know? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't consider that for one second while I was watching <laughs> the movie. So obviously looking back, are you are you correct? Yes, you are. But did it bother my did it affect my viewing? Not in the least. Oh good, good. Uh it bugged yeah. the hell out of me this whole time. Yeah. Um and, and there was something else that bugged me. Oh well, okay. Okay, so we'll we'll, we'll get to that. So she pops okay. open this box and reveals uh, and reveals the gin or unleashes mm-hmm. the gin, right? Right. Okay. So we'll continue from there. So then the professor then tries to make a move on her after she shows him what she did. Yeah, that was fucking the creeper. And then like it was just like so fucking like as stereotypical abuse as you can get because then he like makes tries to make her feel bad about him taking advantage of her. And I was like, yeah. wow, that's as textbook abuse <laughs> that you can fucking get. What a piece of shit. True. And, and I don't think his bleached hair helps him at all. Um, <laughs> like, like he, he just looks fucking goofy. Yeah. You know? He's not suave in any way. Uh, See, it's, it's, he, he keeps to keep crushing on his uh, TAs a lot. Mm-hmm. You know? And apparently goes from one girl to the next. Uh, but they're all students and they won't say no to their teacher. Um, in this case, Diana does say say no, which is kind of nice because like, I wouldn't respect her as much if she did say yes. You know? Right, yeah. There would be, yeah, yeah, there'd be a different movie, I feel like. It'd be a yeah. porn. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the master. Right, exactly. Ooh, there we go. There's our multi-million dollar porn parody. Ah, we'll I got to trademark that. Yeah, you do. I, oh, you know, I'm sure if you Google the Bone Master, I know it it's exists. Been done. Yeah. It's been <laughs> I'm sure. Oh man, um, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So you, I was trying to remember what I was thinking. So you had you were talking about Connery not being like charming at all. And at the beginning, I was I'm with you 100. percent Ah, excuse me. I'm with you 100. percent I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, this isn't working. Like when he went to go see. Um, I forget the the character's name, but the like the the secretary basically oh. who he's trying to get the shit from. I thought he was just not charming at all, and I was like, "Damn, I miss I miss Andrew Divoff already." I thought you were making a joke earlier. He actually is the center Sean Connery. Yeah, no, he is. I know. Holy legit, I, the I, son I of not, Sean Connery. I did not know that. Yeah, he... and in the commentary track, he like fucking. Makes himself sound sound like Sean Connery more like it's probably just his natural voice, but yeah. like he sounds like fucking Sean Connery. It sounds like um uh from Saturday Night Live when like Trebek and Connery are going head to head with and the Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, like that's what it sounded like. I did. Ne- I it, wow. I never. I'm I'm yeah. kind of 
mind blown a bit. <laughs> I know. It doesn't look I like him at all. yesterday when I figured that out, or a couple no. days ago when I figured that out. He looks like his mother. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Okay. So next thing that pissed me off. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Um, it's the, the Jinn's reveal. First film. Oh, okay. First yep, film. I know what you're saying. Yeah. First film, you get a little Vern Troyer. He evolves. Mm-hmm. He evolves. Like, he, he gets people to do wishes so he gets stronger. And number two, he's the little come stand on the wall. Head pops yeah, out. The- arms pop out. Evolves. Becomes stronger. The like the only decent part of Wishmaster 2. Yeah. The third one? He rolls in on the fucking skateboard. It's like he just <laughs> arrives. Like it's like he, he's 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 pushed like oh and he's all like fully thrown. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Some of the best parts of the first uh, the first two films is his mm-hmm. reveal. And this? That was fucking horseshit. I did not like that at all. Yeah, it was definitely subpar compared oh. to what we were used to. Oh god. That's for sure. But hey, it's a different gin. Maybe he uh, manifests himself differently than Divoff's gin. It's just you know the first film was such a awesome practical effects. Uh, oh yeah, uh, practical effects. This is like semi like a visual like smorgasbord of special effects. Number two mm-hmm. was Kif Kif, half good, half bad. This one, th- th- none. Well, th- there's one or two small scenes, but like the big right. thing is the reveal and. It fucking sucked. Like he's already like a fully, you know, breastplated, armored, horned up muscles, and like this is not this. This is a fucking why call this Wishmaster? Yeah, I, I was just I was so disappointed with that. I'm like mm-hmm. this is garbage. I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> words words cannot describe what I'm feeling right now. It just it right, felt like exactly. the, the Satan coming of Christ. The way he just pops up, like, "Hello, it's the Jin," you know. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what's the point? Like, okay, again, like I mentioned, the first one he's building himself. In the second one, he needs a thousand one souls. In the th- in this movie, he just needs the three wishes from uh, from Diana. That's it, right? But isn't that how the isn't that that's more that's more relatable to the first one though? Yes, but at least with the first one, he's doing all this shit so he can build himself up with his souls, like for for himself, you know. In this yeah. one, he's already like a super boss, and he right like, he he doesn't need to kill these people. He just does because it's a wishmaster movie. But there's really mm-hmm. no reason for him to do that. He should just go and try to find Diana. But he kind of he kind of wastes his own time. By granting these bullshit wishes that he doesn't need to, because it doesn't do anything to him. Well, okay. Well, let's let's take okay. a look. So, what is his first kill? Is the secretary, and he kills her nope. because she won't give him. Nope. First kill is the professor. Oh, <clears throat> right, 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 right. That was garbage. But he kills him to take over his his look, so he has an in. So I figure that's motivated. Okay, sure. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. Just, just okay. take his body, which. But again, the actual yeah. wish itself and the execution of the wish, garbage. Like it, I it mean, wasn't. We got some nudity. Yeah, we got some nudity. We got some nudity and some very nice breasticles. But it's yeah. n- it's 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 boring. Like like this felt like a like late nineties Cinemax erotic thriller. Having these two yeah, ladies take their tops off, yeah. kiss them, then rip his tongue out, and then he dies. 
Yeah, I feel like if there was if there was a, even like a little bit more nudity, it would be right at home on Cinemax, like you're saying. Or, or not even nudity, but how about when he kisses her or something? That it mm-hmm. get, he goes all society and they become one big blob of flesh or something. <laughs> like make it fun. Yeah. But having him make out with two hot chicks and then he gets, you know, scraped to death. I was like, fuck, this is shit. Again, maybe me too yeah. harsh because I'm just I'm 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 hate watching this at this point. Mm-hmm. Early on in the movie. I was disappointed like that the special effects were so poor on the professor's kill. Yeah. Um, but I did like after the fact that the djinn has to take off the professor's face and like put it on him to become him, which they completely ditched in the second movie. Well, no, well because, and, like, because they, already did, how did, they did it in the first film. Well, in, in the first movie, the Wishmaster oh, so, goes to the goes to the morgue, right, and takes no, his I face. Know, yeah, exactly. Oh, so it just carries over. Okay. Well, it's, it's, I didn't it's, get that. I it's guess. the same monster in the second one, right? Yeah, right. That's that makes way. sense. Yeah. yeah. Fuck Wishmaster too. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, yeah. I, I I guess that makes sense. I was thinking that, like, I don't know, he would have to do it again or something, whatever. Anyway, um, I so I like that that, that uh, idea was brought back because, I, like I said, I, I sure. felt like it was missing from the second one. Okay. Um, so from there, then he goes and does the secretary, yeah. which he doesn't really want to kill her necessarily, but he's like, what, okay, because at the end, so I forget what she, oh, she says. I wish this place burned to the ground, river. So then, like, he lights her on fire, and he he says something at the end that is like, ah, I can't fucking remember. He's like, that could have gone better. I don't remember what the fuck he says after he does it, but whatever it is, it's something along the lines of that makes me think, you know, that's not what I wanted. Like, this could have gone smoother. Well, like, if you just give me the fucking things, he wouldn't have killed her. Well, that's the thing, and I find like with a lot of these kills, it's like it's it's to his benefit. It's not to his benefit. It's just because they said wish, or mm-hmm. he leads off. You know, if you wish, dot dot dot, and then they say something. But it, he's like, yeah, there, there was no need for her to die. Now she, she was a possibly shitty person, you know. Mm-hmm working in this file room smoking in the non-smoking area well that makes her a bad person yeah, that was funny i like that dies ah whatever but uh there really was no reason for him to kill her like to fulfill his mission he got the information he didn't get the information though because she though? wouldn't give it to him no she wouldn't give it to him oh so in that so how did he get to the dorm then that was later he didn't go to the because he didn't go to the dorm that night right he went to I feel like after that scene, it was we saw the we saw a different scene, and then we the next day when he was becoming doing the professor shit shtick. Ah, I don't remember. Oh, that's right because she doesn't give the info, and then he just goes to class the next day. Yeah, exactly. That's how I remember it. But now, how does he know to go to class? Is it because he imbues the professor's knowledge when he takes his face <clears throat> that's the only thing i can think of because like he must he knows he's the professor because he's talking with him you know he's yeah he even like has the fucking simulated rape that he portrays which creeped me out yeah so i mean like he and he knows the relationship you know and so he has to the gin just knows that i guess and so that's my thought but i thought it was strange that like he would go to the classroom and start teaching I mean, he's talking about the gin, but like, I don't know, that whole thing was just kind of strange to me because like he yeah. clearly has an end goal. Like, why, why are you, like you said, wasting your time with this? Mm-hmm. But, so after, okay. So then we get the secretary, then he goes okay. to the, the classroom. So what's our next kill? I feel like our next kill isn't until Anne. 
What am I missing in between there? I'm trying to think. Because I think. Well, oh, he kills. It's just he, friends. Doesn't he kill Billy first via a Selenite Deadly Knight with the horns? Um, I guess I'm. For some reason, I thought it was Anne and then Billy, but it could be the other. And frankly, uh, you it, know, I don't think it matters. Like so it could go together. either way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but my point. The, I guess the reason I'm getting to this is that because I think the next, the only other kills I can remember at least are the four. So Anne, uh, Anne's super sexy friend whose name I forget. Uh, Eleanor. Um, Eleanor. Thank you. I don't know how I forgot the name. I love that name. Um, and then Billy and oh, her but, best friend, right? But what's up with Eleanor's like, oh, I'm here, but I'm not going to kill you. You know, when, or she's getting ready for the party. He shows up to her door. That was that was weird. Yeah, that was absolutely ah. weird because, he, yeah, he gets to the dorm and then like, yeah, he's in alone with her. Like she has this awesome scene where she's just in her brown panties like yeah. that. Yeah. She's gorgeous. And yeah. then like clearly like she's flirting with him and then he just walks away. And I was like, oh, okay. So he's she's not going to die. But then, which is, it would have been fine. Yeah. But then later on, they, they react again. And that's when she's like, you know, I like older men. And that's when he, you know, bre- you know, breaks her heart is like what he says. Yeah. Which is lame because it's a shit. Like literally the special effect is blood coming down her mouth after you see like the heart explode. Like it was just garbage. Yeah. Totally. But garbage. like, wh- but you're right. Like why have those in two separate scenes? Like what? It just adds to the runtime. Like, is there anything else that it that, adds to the film? To me, that's uh, in a way, maybe it's just to fool the crowd. Like, ah, uh, oh, hey, viewing audience, you know, he won't yeah. do it this time. To me, I it was a waste of time. Um, mm-hmm. I did like Anne's death because you know she she again oh. like, she's super hot, but then she wants to I lose like weight. That, yes, so she, she's mm-hmm. she's got body issues because yep, she's kind of like the nerdy character she's as well. But tiny, she's gorgeous. But then she wants to lose weight, but then they slap on some makeup on her face to make her look fatter. Because if, if you look, uh, when she starts vomiting, because she wants to lose weight, yeah, so she, she starts vomiting That's her true. guts up, her face right. looks kind of fat. I'm like, mm-hmm. why? Like, why, why make her face look bigger when she's trying to lose the weight and she was skinnier than before? So that's kind of dumb. But I thought that those special effects, as basic as they were, was the first real gross a moment of the film that was like genuinely i had to stop looking because i was gonna vomit gross like i hate watching people throw up yeah. and just like the way it was happening was like fucking disgusting me out yeah. like i thought that was really well done because it grossed me out but yeah so gross yeah um so there's that um and so yeah. kind of circling back to okay. what you were saying how the the kills aren't he doesn't need to kill them, but I feel like he does because the reason he's doing it is to basically torture her into doing the wishes. Oh, and so maybe the only one that's not justified is the secretary. Oh, and Eleanor, wasn't she by herself when this happened? So he didn't have to kill Eleanor. Uh, but right? yeah, that's true. But I think I think the film tries to justify that. And I don't yeah. agree with this, but I think the film tries to justify that by it being one of her friends. I see. Because she can see him. But I kill never her. saw her as a close friend. I saw her maybe as a rival not- uh, to uh, to Greg's uh, to Greg's affection. Because he no, yeah. you're absolutely right. He's with Eleanor and Anne in the beginning, right? And they're making yeah. threesomes. Mm-hmm. So exactly, I never I never got the vibe that they were close to begin with. You're right, but I the reason I think the and I think that's a weakness. But I think the reason I think I say the reason. The, what am I trying to say? 
but why I say I that I think the film tries to set it up like that yeah. is because they use Anne in the same way. And to me, Anne is not a friend. Like, why are they fucking with Anne? Yeah. It's because it's another character that we know. And so I feel like it does that very poorly. I feel like the only people that really could qualify as her friends are really her boyfriend and her best friend. I feel like even Billy isn't even that close of a friend, but you, it would work. I would buy that. Well, I only but see, Anne and Eleanor, I don't buy at all. I don't see Billy being a friend by association to Katie. If Katie wasn't in the yeah. picture, they would not be friends with Billy. Absolutely not. Right. They don't even like each other no. as evidenced by the fact that Billy's a super douche when uh, she's starting to like freak out. Yeah. No, exactly. But yeah, so I feel like that's done. Uh, it's not, it could have been much stronger, like the people they would have chosen her. And like the other thing that I didn't like about Anne is like, I think she was like the, just like the strangest character that, cause like uh, clearly, you know, she's the one who professed, uh, was no, she's the one who, um, she's like, ah, I'm like trying to like read my notes and talk at the same time. <laughs> but so she's pretty. Her character is all over the place. So like, is she supposed to be like the preppy bitch or like the goody good suck up? Because at the beginning, it looks like she's trying to like be the preppy bitch talking about the threesome and yes. with the professor, she's snarky with the professor when he's the gin. But then later on, she's like, oh, you got to sign in. You got to sign in. Oh, you, you oh, or you could just ignore me, like whatever she does. And so then it's like, she's kind of like this, like the goody good. Like, I just didn't understand her character. At all. I thought it was a really, uh, a, a really poorly written character that didn't have a, like a true purpose. She was just there as fodder to kill. I, I totally agree with you because I thought she'd be a mean girl. And yeah. then she's more like the uh, Michelle from American Pie with the flute in her pussy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Right, exactly. Uh, just uh, the fact that she's – maybe I, I went too far with that. Anyways, uh, it, it, just, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just seems, you know, um, like she wouldn't be f- trying to hound people to sign the, the register at the door exactly. if she was a mean girl. Right. So I, yeah, I agree silly. with you. She's got a dual. Uh, she's got a dual status, and it doesn't work. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work at all. Um, we tried it. We talked about it a little bit, but I really liked the the seat, like the public sex scene. I thought that was pretty fun, just because they go into the room, and then all of a sudden, this kid comes in. And he puts on this total, like era perfect music video, yep. which wasn't even the right music video for the song that was playing, which I thought was interesting. Listening mm-hmm. to the commentary track, but. Then they just ha- proceed to have sex there, and I thought that was just that was that was cool. I like that. It was short, mm-hmm. uh, but it was cool. Like, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. Um, okay, so so let, let's go back yeah. to Anne's death, right? So she yes. dies. Uh, mm-hmm. Diana takes her first wish to tell her to you know to stop stop her suffering. So the gin just kills right. her. I was like, oh, you should have worded that better or whatever. Yeah. So then her second wish is because they're in a church. And uh, yes. So she invokes <laughs> the Archangel Michael to take over her body. Yeah. But uh, then Greg pushes her out of the divine light and then he becomes the Archangel. Yeah. But wouldn't it have been better if Diana was the Archangel just because yep. the. Wishmaster, the Jin needs her to do her three wishes, so she's indestructible, right? Right. Because from the second film, uh, the other girl got shot twice, but really didn't get any harm because she needs to fulfill the prophecy. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously they don't know this, but it would have been better if Diana actually was the Archangel because now she'd be an invincible weapon of God against this evil Jin. 
Right. And I like, and I think it just would have made for a more interesting movie too. Yeah. Like if this female character became the arc, you know, St. Michael, the archangel, I think that'd been more interesting. Um, but like, when this happened, I was like, oh, I actually, I got excited because I was like, oh my God, like this film is about to jump the fucking shark. <laughs> <laughs> and I am, I am on board. Like I want to watch this go nuts, which then it didn't really go crazy. It kind of it kept it in the realm of quote unquote re- reality as realistic as this could get. You know, it didn't really go crazy with it. Like I was hoping it there would. There were more episodes of Supernatural than there was in this film. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. It didn't get yeah. wacky in any way. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg gets a, a shitty sword that only yep. he can weld. It's like, okay, well, yeah. whatever. And then, and then more distorted uh, talk. So now you got the gin with distortion in his voice. You've got Greg with distortion in his voice. <laughs> right, know, yeah. You had uh, Diana's father early on in the movie, you know, before the uh, when she's uh, reenacting the crash scene with distortion in his voice. Mm-hmm. It's yep. shit. I, I, I don't like distortion to that extent in one film. Oh, I liked it. Really? I had never problem with it. Yeah, just because like the gin's already established. I like that. Um, and by the time we got to the Archangel, I'd forgotten about her father's voice being distorted, but you're absolutely right. It was. But, um, I just didn't think about but it. See, the gin has distortion in his voice, but Andrew Divoff in the first two films just drank a lot of milkshakes to get that that weird you know, effect to his voice, which I thought it worked out a right. lot better. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't notice that much of a difference, to be oh, honest. No, that's cool. But – yeah. Um, one thing I really loved was, so this came out in 2001. So like, you know, this is my transition between middle school and high oh, school time, okay. you know? And uh, I was listening to music so much during this time, as I'm sure a lot of people do. And like the, the music that was coming on, it just screamed like this like era to me, this alternative pop, like shitty music. Well, I like it, but you know, music that a lot of people consider yeah. shitty. Like, I just love that. And when Eleanor was doing her, her like uh, mirror scene, I don't know what that song was, but it was just very much of that time, and it took me back to you know high school, and I love that about it. Okay, I mean but, not so much. Um, the music that yeah. really bugged me when she's running from the church, and then she trips over the bicycles. Oh, like, okay. It, I'm trying to. I remember that scene, but I don't remember the music. Oh, it, I guess it's, it's like a really shitty techno-y song. It was it was not very good at all. Um, but I just. Oh, I wonder yeah. why did they make her like you know trip over bicycles? Trip over the- <laughs> I don't know, but you said I was about to laugh. I I don't know. I didn't laugh when it yeah. happened, but I, thinking about it, it's funny. I don't know why now, I didn't. What would have been very it. funny, which actually would have popped for, is if Greg, <laughs> as the archangel, did the exact same thing. <laughs> I would have laughed. That would have been. Fantastic. I would have enjoyed that. Yeah. One thing I did laugh at, I was like, what the fuck are they doing right now? So they're, the three of them are in the library, right? Um, Katie, Billy, uh, Katie, Greg, and Diane are in the yeah. library. And like Katie and Billy are supposed to be talking amongst themselves. And it was established that Diana wasn't hearing them. I'm like, seriously, she's like literally five feet behind you in a fucking quiet ass library. Like, this is so ridiculous. They're talking about her as if she's yeah. not there or can't hear her when she's literally right fucking there and can hear everything you're saying. I thought that was so it's stupid. The, it's but it made me laugh. concerned for her, but who should talk to her first talk, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, how do you uh, like put her in the fucking next aisle over? Like, anything. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is put her somewhere else. 
pull the camera out a little bit. Like there's just a thousand things you could have done that, that made that scene work that they chose yeah. not to do. What did you, so I thought it was an interesting choice to have the gin like flash himself, show himself to Billy, because I feel like if you, if you're, you know, the gin in this situation, you're trying to act like the professor to not draw attention to yourself. I feel like you're, it would be smarter for you to make Billy and Katie think that Diana's crazy. And then that could kind of seclude her a little bit more, separate her from those two if they think yeah. she's crazy. But now that Billy knows she's not because you showed him that who you are, he's going to be right with her, trying to help her. I thought that was just a, a, a dumb decision well, by the I'm, gin I'm thinking maybe it's more of a thing where we have to actually show the gin a bit because he's barely in this fucking movie. He, that's very true. Even later when like you would think, okay, now it's going to be the gin. Like after he gets like <laughs> fucking monkey tossed into the table yeah. in the church, yeah. like he's the gin at that point. But then he turns back into uh, Bar- the uh the professor. Yeah. It's like, why, why did he turn? Like, I just, it felt like there was a point where he should have stayed the gin maybe. And he didn't. And I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah. And I'm a hundred percent sure it has to be because of budget. Oh, I totally agree. Because the makeup was expensive. I, and I think it's the but. same thing for the, uh, for the second film as well it was a budget issue because we didn't yeah. see the gin that much in the second film either. It's mostly div off mm-hmm. in his human form. Um, so I think because he was div off or the human form so much in two that they're taking that right. for three as well, where we don't have to show him too often, yeah. only in the climactic moments. But until then, he's uh, he's going to be his his human counterpart, which I absolutely hated mm-hmm. um, because <laughs> I kind of dug the makeup in this one. I thought it looked actually the the facial looked really really cool. Um, okay, but, uh, we we barely saw him, so I, I kind of felt bad for the actor playing the gin because he wasn't playing his human form. Right. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't feel yeah. so bad, but I, I, I honestly did not like this Connery guy at all. So it, it, it's just, it's too bad that the guy behind the makeup couldn't actually perform without it. Right. No, that's true. But I mean, that said, I was, I'm with you at the beginning. I did not like Jason Connery at all, the character. Um, but I actually, I grew to like him more as it went on, believe it or not. Okay. I thought he kind of fell into that charming uh quality that's really needed for that character i feel like later on um like once he started when he went to the classroom and started you know teaching yeah um you know he was like charming with the girls like he was creepy because he's their teacher but that is when it kind of started coming out that yeah you know i get i'm buying him as this charming professor that the girls are interested in where i didn't initially so i just never thought he looked that charming to begin with yeah. Um. I. I. Again, it's just the way he looked. You know, with with the, with the bleach blonde, and he, he just he he doesn't look like a leading man like Divoff did, or his presence wasn't as powerful because at least he had the like Divoff had the that grin that he can seduce. Later. Yeah. I can't see, see him th- do that. <clears throat> and that's the thing. I think you kind of nailed it because I don't. I don't really think. Divoff has really that leading man look either, but he had like the presence and the charm that made that work. Yeah. Yeah. In the end. And it's funny but, because like, like he said in his, in his uh, interviews is that he, he didn't yeah. have that. The hardest things for him to film was those scenes because right. he doesn't have those qualities. At least he doesn't think he does. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess that's why they call it acting because I thought he did it with flying colors in the first, especially yeah. the first film. Um, second film, I think there was a little too much of him, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see the same thing with Connery. Um, and and this is another reason why I don't like this movie as much as the others, is because in the f- the Wishmaster he can conjure himself anywhere, and. In this movie, like I mentioned earlier, it's kind of like a, a regular hack and slash because he's chasing uh, Diana and uh, the uh, Archangel across mm-hmm. campus. You know, and that that yeah, and that bothered me. Oh, and totally finish. But- and, and like the director made a comment at the end of the commentary saying that this film is a bit like his homage to ter- to, to the Terminator series, and mm-hmm. kind of right. Because like mm-hmm. you got the car scene with him on the roof of the car, which makes no sense because the gin doesn't have to do that. Uh, right. Again, I think it's budget things. Um, yep. And like them running away, him running after, no need. He can just pop up wherever. But again, you know, money issues. Um, honestly, if you're going to make a Wishmaster movie, make sure you have the budget to make a Wishmaster movie. Because halfway, <laughs> like the last third is is a chase and it's a boring chase. Because to me, it's absolutely silly. I, I just, I, I just don't stand by it. It definitely was a chase, but I, I actually, I kind of enjoyed it. I guess. But okay. what killed me is the inconsistency, and that's uh, I yeah. like I write down the word inconsistent now for like a bunch of times as we go through. But yeah, at one point he fucking does his like vampire impression where he like floats across super fast and like starts choking Billy. And mm-hmm. so it's established that this might he can move at superhuman speeds. But then later on, he's literally like running, chasing after them. And it's like, what are you doing? And then like you're talking about with the car. It's like, why would he do that? Like he that would with what you've established that this gin is, even if it's different than what we've seen in the past. Yeah. What you've established in this film itself, you're you're not being consistent with it. If he can run super fast like that, why the fuck is he just jogging? Like, why wouldn't he just make himself, you know? Yeah. Zoom over there. Like, it doesn't make sense. Well, even the end of the film, when Diana is over the ledge and he's holding her by the hand or yes. with one hand, mm-hmm. why is he just throwing her back on the roof? Because he needs her to finish her wishes. Right. Like dropping her. And, and like he held on for a long time. Dropping mm-hmm. her will, I don't know what it does to him because, well, actually she shouldn't do anything. She should survive the fall technically and then run away <laughs> um so like it's just things like that just it, to me made no sense either yeah now there is one cool special effect in the film which i actually did enjoy which kind of reminded me of the previous films and it's when they hack his arm off with the sword and then the arm regrows oh um, yeah 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 i thought that was kind of cool because I, I was going to say, when you hack the hammer, all I could all I can think about is this fake ass looking hand rolling down the stairs. But I know what you're. But then the next shot is the hand growing back, and I I literally like that. Yeah. And you say fake ass hand. Uh, actually, they mentioned this in the commentaries that uh, the uh, I guess the uh, biology department actually gave them a, a severed human arm. So that fake really? ass hand was actually a corpse's hand. Yeah. Wow. It it. Sure, it looked fake. I must have missed that in the commentary. But it, it to me, it sure it looked like fake. I even wrote down. I was like, "Wow, that looks super fake." But yeah, that's shocking to me. Well, you know, sometimes yeah. the the fake stuff is the real stuff. I remember seeing a picture of a decapitation where this guy oh. was uh, driving a snowmobile and did not notice a barbed wire fence. 
at night. Oh my gosh. I did not have a helmet. Wow. And uh, he drove his snowmobile through the barbed wire fence and cut the guy's head, like decapitated him from the from the jaw. And I just saw wow. the picture of the guy's skull from like the, the the roof of the mouth up laying in snow. And to me, it looked like a fake head, but it's fucking legit. Mm. So sometimes it's, crazy. it's the fake stuff that looks real, realer than the real stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah that's uh, nuts. Yeah. Mm. Pretty crazy stuff. Um. I did. I, I wrote. I, I kind of love the fact that she was just having this like pretty damn casual conversation with this angel who has possessed her boyfriend about stopping an evil jinn from taking down the gates of heaven. I just thought it was just so casual that it made me laugh. I was like, we got off the stakes here a little bit. Got off the stakes. Well, it's funny because like in the first film, uh, Tammy Lauren, who, uh, who plays the uh, the heroine in the first movie, mm-hmm. she's really fucked up with the vision she gets. Like really messed up. Yeah. And uh, I thought in this film, Diana didn't seem that messed up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she, she was responding to it. She wasn't tortured not... by it though, you know? Right. It exactly. was some childhood trauma as well. And I just found that yeah. the intensity of her visions wasn't as apparent as it was in the first film. Yeah. Even the second film for that point, um, I thought the actress, uh, Holly Fields, uh, still was managed to c- convey uh, some issues, you know, but I thought with the Diana, um, like she saw it, but it didn't seem to really bother as much. Yeah. That, and again, when I was watching, I didn't think about that. It didn't bother me. One thing that did bother me with her visions though, was again, the inconsistency. So before in the movie, all she could see was like this first person view from the Jin's point of view. Mm-hmm. And then later in the film, like he's literally talking to her via the camera and they're having this conversation. Yeah. It was just not set up that way. And I just inconsistent. No, no, I totally agree. Oh, and then, <laughs> oh, so they do the, they do the whole sword thing. Right. And you can't hold it. I was like, well, it's, it's pretty obvious why she can't hold Michael's sword. Right. Yeah. She needs to get a longer shirt, take out all of her piercings and cut <laughs> off her thumb. Then she can fuck Wishmaster too. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> fuck Wishmaster too. Yeah. Anyway. Let's see, that's the thing that Diana seems a little more pure than Holly was, or I forget what her character's name is. Um, so maybe she doesn't have to extract a digit, but, uh, and I guess you don't really you don't need to handle the sword if you have an angel on your side. Um, but what did bug me was the way the film ended. Oh, okay. Hang on, let's. We're, I'm getting super close, but I want to. Okay, a couple of things ahead. before we get there. Okay. One of the wishes that really pissed me off was, yeah. um, ah, shit, Katie's death. So she wishes for a place to hide, and his response yeah. is by putting her head in a rat cage. Like that doesn't even make any fucking sense. Well, you, you know why, right? No, please explain. So that she, she can, uh, they mentioned in the in the uh, in the commentary as well. So she can hide in the bellies of the rats. Oh, jeez, that is the I, stupidest I know. thing ever. I know because she wasn't dead either. I know exactly. Yeah, you know, like she they, they nod her eye, her her lips off, and they nod her uh, her 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 mouth lips, and they uh, <laughs> and uh, they they ate her eyes. It's yeah. like this is why again. I find these wishes so lame compared to the other films. Yeah, that one I didn't, uh, I, didn't like. I did not like at all either. Now, sure, sure the, the makeup on, on her face yeah. being gone off looked cool, mm-hmm. but the wish does just not deliver. It's right. like a lame Freddy Krueger film. 
even the lame Freddy Cooper film has some cool kills. Yeah. This one doesn't. It really mm. does not. Yeah, like I, I, I like I liked Anne's death, um, and that was oh, sure, pretty much sure. it. Yeah, yeah, that's like the 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 best special effect death there was. Yeah, but even then, it's like I want to be skinny. You're fucking skinny already, right? But yeah, I but I mean, little... I think that's that didn't bother me because I mean, I, uh, the people who have eating disorders are generally very skinny, and they think they need to be oh, skinnier. Sure. So I mean, that doesn't. I I was fine sure. with that. It was just yeah. But, but no, nowhere in the film did it ever mention that she had an eating disorder. To exactly, that's very true. Again, inconsistent. It came out of fucking nowhere. Like, yeah. yeah, just to make that wish work ten seconds later. Like that's mm-hmm. it. But um, so we already talked about it a little bit. But that that fucking random ass car sequence from out of nowhere, like stupid. Like I was just loving it because it was just so ridiculous. Like again, it just was like the film is going off the rails, basically. Like it just felt so fucking ridiculous to have it in there. Well, that and, and so just the fact it. that she's driving an old school cop car. A girl like her would not be driving a car like that, <laughs> right? I didn't even. I mean, I noticed what car she was driving, but I didn't think about it. It's like a, a 90s cop car. Not, not even like the Ford, uh, uh, the Ford Mercury, but like more like yeah. an 80s cop car. Like you would yeah, see like that, the Hill Street Blues. So I'm like, right, that's such right. a weird choice for her. Yeah. Now, <laughs> was it actually her car though? I don't recall if that's her car or if she took the keys. It's I don't I, I assumed I, it was hers, but I don't think it's ever really explained too much. I, I'm assuming as well, which makes it kind of odd. Like she looks more like a hatchback kind of girl. That's all. Oh, hey, that's that's a good point. So, yeah. Uh, um, another thing. So, right. Okay. So, I guess we're at the end here. So, go ahead and, and talk about what it was that you didn't like about this. The movie ends with her stabbing the the gin, them falling off the roof, and then he just evaporates. And the gem turns blue for no fucking reason whatsoever. So is he actually dead? Or is he back in the gem? Because he just got stabbed. It's not like she made a, a really cool witty uh, wish. Like, you know, I, I wish I never opened the box or some stupid bullshit. Oh, or, that's, that's or, not a cool wish. Or, or, or you know, or I wish the, the postman <laughs> forgot to uh, to deliver the package. Oh, it's not you a know, cool wish. Like, no, but you know what I mean though? It's like just, it wasn't a, a witty <laughs> wish. Like I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm I know eating on this film but it was just he stabs it uh, is it because yeah. it's a sword yeah. that's that's how i understood it yeah because it's because it is arch michael the archangel michael the archangel sword that's what in my eyes killed it but the gem thing i don't have an answer for yeah and, and even the director's like yeah i just turned it blue I'm like okay <laughs> so does that mean okay. the gem is now empty because there's no gin inside or something like just for yeah. no reason and then the body right. just disappears. Where does it go? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know? Yeah. So, and then like what killed me right before that is then like that's when he gets his vampire like speed back is when she – which I was frank. I was surprised how quickly she was to off herself. Yeah. Like he thought maybe there'd be a second, but she's like, nope, this is all that can happen. And then just like falls. I was like, oh, shit. But then he gets his vampire like speed back, which he could have had the entire fucking time for yep. some reason didn't. Yep. And catches her. That bugged me because again, inconsistent. Exactly. But, um, you know – I, I did like the fact that she actually dies from the fall and then how, at least how I saw it. And then the angel like yes. gives her life again. 
Well, I thought that was cool. As but. he should die. She's not a she's not a superhero, you know. She, right, she fell exactly. off the roof of the building. She should have I know. died. And then initially, I you're absolutely right because initially I was writing down like, are you fucking? She just flew like dropped five stories and is fine because yeah. like she rolls over at first and it looks like she's okay. Yeah. And then I don't need to that because I realized, oh, oh no, she, she's dead. Because okay. even the fucking professor, he falls off a, a high a high ledge, and then he falls to the ground. Right? Oh no, that's after the car accident. Never mind. See, like in in uh, during that stupid car accident, you know, he uh, he gets hit by another car, you know, or the car is parked, and then he's all like all fucked up on the ground. Oh right? yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So like, if that's gonna fuck you up, her falling off the roof of that building is gonna fuck her up. Right. Um, of course, she falls, and she looks okay, like she's dead, but there's like there's no blood, there's no f- fractures, there's no bones sticking out. Again, right? Uh, budget issues, right? Mm-hmm. And just the fact that the angel thanked her for her help, I guess, gives her a life. Canadiana, I, I Canadiana. I, I'm I'm okay with her being alive at the end uh, because the, yeah, the angel gave her like you know here here have a have another life, uh, right? But I just I think that was done well. Dead comes back fine, mm-hmm. but if, if she would have like br- like that, she yeah. would have brushed it off because you know he the the, the gin landed on the ground first and she. Like bounced off his body. That's completely yeah. That, I know, and that's and that's what I had written. I had like a half a paragraph written about how that was such shit. Yeah, and then I realized, oh, she's oh, she's dead. Never mind. And so I was like, oh, go back. Yeah. But yeah, excellent. So, any other uh, facts or anything else you want to talk about before we move on to our final thoughts? Honestly, I started writing notes, and then I got so bored with the commentary, I stopped halfway through. Um, okay, I thought the commentary was kind of like. I, I just like kind of creepy. Like, I don't know. It was, like it was the weird. way that they, yeah. Like they're just, the way they re- or were interacting with each other was just kind of strange to yeah. me. Um, it is funny but, that the opening credits of Wishmaster three was shot after Wishmaster four and has nothing yes. to do with Wishmaster three because the Egyptian uh, artifacts are for Wishmaster four. I know that's, that was hilarious. And they don't, they say, we don't know, we don't know what the subtitle is yet. Cause they hadn't even like had the subtitle picked out when they were yeah. doing the commentary track. And so there are two <laughs> subtitles for this film. So beyond the gates of hell, that's the official one. Okay. It makes no sense. Beyond the gates of hell. No, no. It has yep, nothing at to all. do with this movie. Now the alternate yep. title was sword of justice, which would technically make more sense because a sword was, was. used and was used to kill yep. him. So that's, it's a shitty title, but at least mm-hmm. it, it's a kind of more relevant to to this film. But Beyond the Gates of Hell is a total throwaway tag. There's no need for that. So yeah. I thought that was shitty. Um, the film... I think that when you kind of uh, match it up with the other ones, I feel like Beyond the Gates of Hell fits into the series better. Like just the titles of the series better. It would, but it would be great if there was an actual matter. gate of hell even mention, <laughs> right. yeah, but yeah. there is not because really, when you say beyond the gates of hell, means you've passed the gates of hell and you've gone beyond yeah. it. Uh, we even get close to the gates of hell in this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the film was uh, shot in sixteen days. It shows. Um, I wrote here a race of gin, different gin in this movie, garbage, but he looks very similar <laughs> to Wishmaster Two. Um. Do they shop at the same store? Uh, I hate the arrival, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to see the Wishmasters. Oh, yeah. Okay, what, what creeped me out the most is in the yeah. 
initial death with the professor and the wishmaster does his old face because he's like oh oh and he's licking his lips and flicking his tongue yeah. I'm like, i don't want to see the Jin's old face that's the last thing i want i know see. you know um but yeah yeah that was so creepy was, and gross to me i didn't like creepy. that I, i'd love a gif of that because i probably use a lot of snapchats <laughs> or a lot of uh, right. messages but uh yeah it yeah um that's all for me for this film. I don't have any other notes because <laughs> I stopped writing. I just hate watching this for a second time. Excellent. So then, perfect. Then what are your final thoughts and your star rating for Wishmaster 3 Beyond the Gates of Hell? Wishmaster 3 Beyond the Gates of Hell, a.k.a. the Sword of Justice. Um, I think it's the weakest so far in the series. Um, I feel bad for the actor, John Novak, who wasn't able to act as himself in the film because I don't think Connery does a very good job at all. Um, I think if you're going to do a Wishmaster film, you should have a decent budget for special effects because it is an FX driven film. Um, and this just looks like a poor attempt to cash in on the name of the, uh, like name recognition. Um, I, I think it sucks. I am not looking forward to the fourth one, although I did hear it's better than this one. I'll see it when I believe it. Um, or I'll believe it when I see it, I should say. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Canadiana. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, I, I was disappointed with this film. And um, I did not see my house in this movie. I hoped they would get off campus and they did not. So uh, I give this film one out of four stars. Okay, perfect. So one star from Mark. Yes, yeah, so, but you say if it... You know, is a Wishmaster film. We should have the budget for Wishmaster film, but Wishmaster two didn't had shit special effects too. Like it very limited, it, and I felt like you could feel the the very low budget there too. Yes, but this is like a low budget er. Like this is yeah. worse than if if it if it equaled Wishmaster two, I'd probably give it a better uh, a better score. But since one of the cooler aspects is the rebirth of the Jin, and this one completely ab- abandoned that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, they didn't have the money to fulfill its prophecy to be a good film. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't give any love to this movie whatsoever. I wish I could find the budget on this one compared to the others, but I, I was, was unable to find it at all. But So if anybody knows yeah. that's listening, please let us know. But So Wishmaster 3 Beyond the Gates of Hell for me was a clear and obvious upgrade from the bullshit that was Wishmaster 2. This isn't a great movie or even a good one, frankly, but it doesn't insult the audience's intelligence in the way that Wishmaster 2 did. Yes, Wishmaster 3 is one of the more annoyingly inconsistent movies I've seen in a while, but it makes up for it by being entertaining. Surprisingly, the film flew by for me. It felt a lot quicker paced than the first two movies, and I was engaged throughout the whole thing. I really liked AJ Cook as our leading lady, and she was definitely my favorite uh, character from the series so far in terms of like the leading ladies. Uh, Jason Connery, he grew on me as it went on, and it still blows my mind that he's Sean Connery's son. Um, but his first interaction, or the first interaction with the Jin, left a lot to be desired. But like I said, I, I felt that his charm really started to turn on uh, after that, and his interaction became more believable. The Jin makeup and costume, I thought, was the weakest we'd seen so far, and um, it just felt the the Jin just felt odd to me. But I feel like the director knew that, so he kept him in the in the professor's form, the gin in the professor's form for the vast majority of the, of the film. Um, you know, I was impressed with the car crash sequences, but the other special effects were downright terrible or just non-existent, except for the aforementioned Anne death. 
Um, but that's a real shame when the first film set the bar so high. So did I love Wishmaster 3? No. But I had a hell of a lot better time watching this film than, than I expected and a hell of a lot time better than, uh, than better, better time than watching Wishmaster 2. So I'm giving Wishmaster 3 Beyond the Gates of Hell two out of four stars. Wow, that's generous. Yeah. That's what happens when Wishmaster 2 comes before it. So <laughs> fan friggin' tastic. All right, one more to wrap up the Christmas wishes arc. But <sighs> before we do that, before we finish for today, rather, and let's move over to round 45 of the Besting the Backlog Challenge. This, of course, where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. So as a reminder, each of us takes a look at the other's unwatched pile, be it their home video collection, Netflix, Vudu, Hulu, whatever, and challenges the other to watch a film they haven't seen yet and then review it on this next episode. So to recap, Mark, you picked Android Cop from 2014 for me to watch, and I picked a double feature of <laughs> Scream Queen Hot Tub Party and One Million Heels BC. Yes. So my throat's killing me, so I'm going to have you talk about Scream Queens for a second while I cough. <laughs> All right. Scream Queen Hot Tub Party from 1991, uh, directed by Fredolin Ray and Jim Wynorski, uh, which is awesome. I love that it's by Fred Olin Ray. Sorry, I cut you off, but I didn't realize it was a Fred Olin Ray, and that makes me happy. Well, it, it, now it's directed by Bill Carson and Arch Stanton, which are pseudonyms oh, okay. Fred Olin Ray and Jim Wynorski. Gotcha. Uh, I love oh, Anne Wynorski. That's awesome. Yes, I love Jim Wynorski. He's done a lot of uh, my favorite genre films. Yeah, the witches or uh, the bitches of uh, witches of Brestwick, I believe, is what I've. And like I the, know him for uh, the Bear Winch Project Two scared topless. Yeah, uh, but there he, you go. Yeah, like he was. Uh, you know, he did Chopping Mall. Um, he did Return to the Swamp. Oh thing. yeah, he did Hard to Die, which is awesome. Also known as Tower. Don't need Taylor. to see that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, fucking awesome. Uh, Nine Seven Six Evil Two, um, Dinosaur Island. Uh, fuck yeah. So like a lot of awesome shit. So mm -hmm. the uh, the premise of the film is that the top uh, Scream Queens at the time are invited to this guy's house to do a Scream Queen seminar. Uh, but the guy is not to be found. So they all let themselves in and they head to the hot tub and they talk about five different things. So we've got Brink Stevens, uh, Monique Gabrielle, which was in the first 30 film I've ever seen. So I have a I have a soft spot for her in my heart. Uh, or a hard spot, yeah. Or a hard spot, whatever. Kelly uh, <laughs> Maroney, which um, I've, I guess I've only seen a few of her films. Um, and the films that I did see, uh, I don't remember her ever being naked in it. Um, and okay. I saw, I, she's topless in this movie, um, which kind of surprised me. But I guess mm. deeper into her uh, catalog, maybe she's gone top of other films. Just to me, you know, she's known for Tropic Mall. She's known for Night of the Comet and the recently seen Zero Boys. And she's never been naked in those movies. So I was actually surprised okay. that she actually got topless in this movie. But at the same time, everybody gets topless in this movie. Um, and also, <laughs> uh, we've got Michelle Bauer, which I love from like Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. And uh, Roxanne Carohan which she's the one I knew the least. And I guess she was an up and coming uh, scream queen, but she died. Actually, this is her last credit. 
Uh, this film's from '91. Oh, she wow. died in '93 from a car accident. So, uh, oh, so that kind of sucks because she uh, yeah, was, was pretty nice. Um, and she's best known for Critters <laughs> too. She plays the female uh, bounty hunter, uh, the alien bounty hunter. So, okay. okay so we got these five ladies. They uh, they're in the hot tub and they each talk about a different aspect of being a scream queen. And I didn't write any notes. I'm gonna try to remember all of them. So first we get Brink Stevens, mm-hmm. and she shows us the proper way to do a shower scene. Um, and now hmm. these films are also interspliced with films from Fridolin Ray and from Jim Wynorski. So a lot of scenes from oh, okay. are showing up in this as well. But they actually the film was also called that Tower of Terror, which I wasn't aware of. Yeah. So you got Brink Stevens uh, showing us how to do a proper shower scene. Then you've got Monique Gabrielle. And I can't recall what she was showing. I to think mm. I can't. Um, Kelly Maroney, um, she was all about using guns, but to hold a gun, you have to work on your guns. So she was topless doing the fly press, uh, <laughs> which was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, I was I believe weird. It. I believe she's it. got this look on her face, and she's doing like a fly press, and and work on her delts and. She's topless, looking sweaty, staring right at the camera. I'm making eye contact with her. You know, <laughs> it was weird. It, it was really uh, weird. Uh, Michelle Bauer. What the fuck was she doing? Trying to think. Anyways, they each did their own little mini seminar, which is pretty much them being topless. Um, and then the film ends. That's That's all it is. It's mm. uh, it's less than an hour long. Uh, it's fun because I remember seeing uh, ads for this film on the back of like Fangoria magazine, like back in like the nineties. Oh, okay. And, uh, so to me, this is like a well-known, um, like Scream Queen film. Um, in the in the era that we are today, you know, it, it's it's titillating because it's all beautiful ladies. But, you know, you can see other stuff for free online, you know. But back right. in the early 90s, this is just a nudie film without, like, it's just them being topless and, like, doing weird things, you know. Um, not to <laughs> each other, just, like, you know, again, like, you know, showing you how to shower for a, for a horror movie and, you know, doing weights topless. Weird. But in the VHS era, fucking awesome. Um, yeah. So, I appreciate the the kitsch factor to the film is this a good movie no <laughs> um, but is this something that i would have enjoyed 20 years ago yes will i watch this again probably not yeah but i like having this thing because it is a product of a mostly bygone era um, right so you know again i do appreciate what it is um, I actually gave this a pretty decent score on the letterbox. Um, I think for, for our purposes here, I would give this a solid two and a half out of four stars. Perfect. Yeah. So attached to this movie, because it is, I think only 50 minutes long was the right. short film one million heels BC. Huh. Okay. So this is only 39, uh, 35 minutes long. And there's three actresses. There's Michelle Bauer, Sierra Knight, and Jerrica Fox. Um, I'm looking at Letterboxd right now. Sierra Knight, this is her only film uh, title. And Jerrica Fox, she's got a few more. Uh, to me, they're all porn stars. 
except Michelle Barr. I don't, I don't consider her a porn star. She's a scream queen. But uh, pretty mm-hmm. much a girl is washing her car. Um, is she washing <laughs> her car or is she, uh, is she uh, watering her plants? Fuck, I don't remember. Look, what I do remember is that she's wearing this white uh, cut-off tank top and she's got a, a water hose and she just starts spraying herself with water. So she's... Yeah, okay. Then there's like a like an earthquake and then Michelle Barr comes out like, oh, I'm a cave woman and uh, come into my house. I'll give you something to wear. So then they're both naked on the bed, <laughs> turning on lingerie. And then a third girl, Jerrica Fox, with these huge, very, very endowed uh, breasts. Um <laughs> She she comes in as well because they're having a party and then they're all like they're all naked. They try on different clothing and then the caveman comes in and then it's like oh caveman and then movie ends like like legit. Oh. It's three scenes of just them taking their clothes off and teasing each other and then it's over. Okay. Um, yeah. So is it good? Nope. Um, okay. Yeah, she does water a garden. Yeah, th- th- this it's a cool bonus feature, I suppose. But is, is yeah. it a good film? No, it's 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 not. <laughs> it, honestly, again, being in the air we are today and having anything we want at our fingertips, this bored me because again, it was thirty five thirty five minutes, three scenes of just Cinemax soft core fondling at the most. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I I give this I'd give this maybe half a star. Like it's, it's okay. Not, I expected a little something a little more. Like I was hoping this would be mm-hmm. more in the vein of like the the. Um, there's a movie with JJ North. I think it's something about like you know you know the film uh, the fifty foot woman. Yeah, fifty foot cheerleader. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was hoping it'd be something more in a genre like that. So a little a little cheesecakey. Okay. Um, but you know, still kind of cute, kind of a wink to like a nod to like the original, you know. Yeah. And, and this is it's just three scenes of the same three girls undressing each other. So huh. I was like, whatever, been there, done that. I'll watch Chainsaw Hookers instead. So yeah, right. I give this half a star. Okay. Well, hey, you win some, you lose some, right? Yeah, I've lost a lot in the last little while. It feels. <laughs> I, I, I need something with a little more star power. There's a lot of wins coming in 2018. That's all that means. Word. All right. Yes. Yeah. So, Android Cop. Android Cop. I take no shame in the fact that I am an asylum apologist. I came to their films through their mockbusters mostly, um, and mostly because I was fascinated with this idea that this company was able to legally get away with releasing these films, which were clear and blatant ripoffs of huge Hollywood blockbusters. They have, you know, they have faced some legal problems with a few of the releases, though. For example, American Battleship, the mockbuster of Battleship, was one where they uh, had to alter the title to American Warships. And Clash of the Empires, the mockbuster for The Hobbit, was initially titled Age of the Hobbits and Lord of the Elves before being sued by Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema. But generally speaking, the company gets away with a lot. Transmorphers, I Am Omega, Snakes on a Train. Uh, There's so many more, but those are some of the more obvious titles that really surprised me that they were able to pull off. But hey, power to them, they were. So longtime listeners of the podcast and readers of the website might remember that we actually used to spend April in the asylum. 
Back in 2014 and 2015, Chris Ash and I would spend the entire month of April watching and reviewing films released from the asylum. Actually, <laughs> I went back today and I looked through those old archives and holy crap, I didn't realize how many asylum films we actually reviewed over the course of those two months, over the two years, but it was a shocking amount. So if you're interested, check that out. Just go to cinefessions.com, search April in the Asylum, it'll pull up. Um, and in fact, for those that are really curious, you can go all the way back to episode six of the Cinefessions podcast and hear our review of three uh, asylum of three asylum teen sex comedies, Cheerleader Camp, Barely Legal, and Spring Break, all three of which were better than you might think. So definitely check that out if you're interested. Um, and honestly, I'm I'm really considering trying to dive back into this future in 2018 in April, just because there's so many more that I want to see that I've missed out on so far. But that's something I'm still toying with as we get closer to that time. Yeah, keep toying with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, of course, you know I I say all that because the film that you chose for me, Mark, this week was unbeknownst to you, unbeknownst. A mockbuster from the asylum, and it's just so perfect because you were mocking the asylum earlier in the in the podcast last week, and then happened to pick one. That's that's like uh, serendipitous, and I like it. So anyway, Android Cop hit home video one week before the RoboCop remake hit theaters. And what some people may not know is that these mockbusters, though they share a similar idea and title, the stories are sometimes completely different than the film title they're mimicking. For example. Alien Origin is nothing like Prometheus. Spring Break, completely different than Spring Breakers. And Age of Tomorrow shares almost no similarities with Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, Repeat as it's known now. Um, Android Cop, however, definitely shares the same themes and ideas as RoboCop. And I think that's probably why I enjoyed it so much. So Android Cop stars Michael J. White as a detective Hammond in a dystopian 2045 Los Angeles. Um, one day they're out in this like danger zone. I don't know what the zone number is, but, um, and his partner, he gets shot up and dies. So he is given a new partner, the titular Android cop who he calls Andy played by Randy Wayne. So the two are, um, asked to chase down a run runaway telepresence droid that houses the consciousness of the mayor's daughter. So to clarify in this world, your body can be like laying paralyzed in a bed but your mind can be placed in an android and you can live a regular, a relatively regular life. And in her case, she doesn't even know that she's actually in a robot's body because no one ever told her that she was after she got into an accident. Uh, anyway, Hammond doesn't trust robots because his partner was killed in the opening scene by a malfunctioning turret. So literally the only reason we see the partner die in the beginning is to establish that Hammond doesn't like robots. <laughs> um, because in RoboCop, obviously, the person who dies becomes the android cop or the RoboCop, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's it's weak, but it doesn't hurt anything. It's just the way it is. Um, so Android Cop feels like RoboCop and Dread had a buddy cop film baby. Now, it's not quite as good as you might hope it would be from that awesome description, but it's still enjoyable for what it is. The action, acting is actually a lot better than a lot of Asylum films. Michael J. White's really good. Um, and though the script is a bit lacking in the relationship department, it still manages to be a decent action movie with a few twists and turns along the way, uh, for good measure. You can definitely see the low budget, especially with like Andy's robot suit, but they commit to using this like robot sound effect whenever he moves. And it actually, it actually sells it pretty well. It might sound stupid, but it works. 
Um, the pacing's well done. Also, it, it never seemed to drag at any point. Yes, there is some laughably bad CGI at different points, but you know that's part of the charm you come to expect when you put on an asylum film. And frankly, it's not as bad here as I've seen in other asylum films in the past. So I'm not complaining too much. Sure, Dread and RoboCop are both better movies and smarter ways to spend your 90 minutes. But if you're like me and you've seen both of those and you want something in a similar but low budget kind of schlocky vein, then Android Cop's a solid option. It's one of the better asylum options, and uh, it really gives me the motivation to dive back into the asylum in 2018, so we'll see where that takes me. But I'm going to give Android Cop two and a half out of four stars. Wow. Yeah, and I'm very happy I watched it, so thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I had to work harder, though. (laughs) Uh, All right, so... Next week, now I'm kind of concerned. I'm, I'm afraid you may have watched because I picked one. I was like, wait, I feel like he may have watched that. So I picked another one, but I'm actually I'm not sure if you watched either of these. So okay. my first choice from 2005, one of my personal favorites, a Bruce Willis starring film, Hostage. Yes, I've seen it already. Fuck. Yeah, I did it. Figured. It was part of my uh, challenge earlier this month, uh, earlier this year. Ah, I thought so. Yeah. I thought that's why I remember seeing it. Yeah, I think we actually talked about that. Okay. Have you, out of curiosity, have you seen 16 Blocks? Yeah. Also, another around that time? Yes. Bruce Willis. Okay. I like, I'm not a big advocate of guilty pleasures because if you like something, like it. But those are hostage and, and 16 Blocks are what most people would consider guilty pleasures. Like, I love those movies and I probably shouldn't, but I fucking love both of them. I think they're both really good. I was surprised with Hostage yeah. because I've owned it for so long. But 16 Blocks is a fantastic film. Most deaf, actually. He's one of the mm. highlights of the movie. Uh, but He's great. I really like 16 Blocks. Absolutely. Okay, now I'm worried you've seen this one too, so I'm kind of pulling up your list just in okay. case. But from 2014, have you seen Gone Girl. No. Oh, you no, haven't. I'm Good. Not. Good. Oh, I am excited to hear your thoughts on this one. For you, one film uh, really jumped at me because I have never heard of it before. From 2013, A Glimpse Inside the Mind of Charles Swan III. Oh, my God. You're picking all these, like, Movies that I shouldn't have bought that I paid a dollar for at Family Video. Exactly. Because you know what? This I, is going to be horseshit. I am living <laughs> through this right now. All these shitty films I've been watching. So I'm like, oh, I, no. I gotta I, I have I have to I have to show you how I feel. <laughs> exactly. I have never heard of this film before. Yeah, I have no idea why I bought it. Again, I was trying to find a dollar movie to go with the other one so I could get ten for ten bucks. But <laughs> the only reason the only reason I have this yeah. is because it was disc only. And so this would have been definitely one of the movies I would have sold off because I like got rid of a bunch of my DVDs. Right? Well, actually, they're still in a box upstairs, but eventually they're going to be sold off. Okay. But this definitely would have been in that box. Just like, you know, in that said, so would have Welcome to the Punch. You know what I mean? So, uh, true and so probably so would have Android Cop. And I liked both of them. So I'm hoping well, I like this one. I'll tell you what. I'll give you the out. If you want to put that in the box... I will pick another film. Oh, no, no, no. This is totally fine. I'm keeping it. So I'm watching okay. it. Okay. Okay. And this one actually starts, it's it's directed by Ro- Roman Coppola. I'm I'm looking really? now to see if that's related, if that's like the son of, or related to- uh, Oh, it's got to be. Francis Ford Coppola or what? Um, 
I don't know. It just says cousin of Robert. Sh- oh, yeah. For, son of Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. So that's interesting. Stars Charlie Sheen. And Jason Schwartzman is in it. Patricia Arquette. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Like, and Bill is, Murray. I think, I think I see a picture of Bill Murray. Yeah. Like, this is going to be ridiculous, like, weird. So I'm excited. I'll definitely, definitely. Get, and it's short, too. So I'm going to give this one a go. It, it, uh, it looks horrible. Yeah, it has. Let's just for record, it has four point eight out of ten on IMDb. So, but but to be fair, I picked a movie I didn't like for you to watch this week too. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I hope you like it more than I did because a lot of people love Gone Girl, yeah. but uh, I just wasn't one of them. But well, yeah, so well, good. I'm week? excited. This should be yeah, it should be fun. Should be fun. Yeah, perfect. So to recap, I am watching a glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan II from 2012. And Mark, you are watching Gone Girl from 2014. Yes. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Way to finish off the year. That's right. Yeah, exactly right. All right. So that's going to wrap things up for this week. So we will be back next Friday, December 22nd, with our final podcast episode of 2017, reviewing Wishmaster 4, The Prophecy Fulfilled from 2002. So as always, if you have questions for us here at the podcast, please hit us up using that hashtag in film we trust for any questions you'd like to hear us answer here on the show. And again, make sure you tweet at us using that hashtag in film we trust. And if for some reason you're not on Twitter, give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contact at cinefessions.com. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is that you might be listening to us. Positive reviews help us reach more listeners, which is always the goal. So we appreciate you taking the time to do that and to tell your friends about the show. And another reminder, you can find us on social media. We love interacting with you guys there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. So make sure you're following along on those platforms. And Mark, remind our listeners where else they can find you online. Yeah. Uh, if uh, you guys are affected by net neutrality, you can pay $5.99 and access my Twitter. And that's uh, Mark <laughs> underscore Nadeau. That's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. And or on Instagram at mnado 2 Perfect. And you can find me on my personal Twitter. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say as well, I think that's also my name on Letterboxd. Okay. uh, Which is mnado 2 I'm just going to double check that. I believe that is it. Uh, Hello, Mark. Hello. Uh, Yes. Oh, I I doesn't say. Fuck. This Uh, is like our running gag. We've done this like four times. You always go to me like, oh, shit, it doesn't tell me. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. I I love it. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, you can find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1, P-S-Y-M-I-N-1, and I'm on Letterboxd under that same name because I take notes and I pay attention. <laughs> so I kid, I kid. And then also, as we mentioned, please head on over to cinefashions.com to help us choose which film we're going to review for week six of our next arc, which is our Scandinavian horror arc. You can choose between Thale, Let the Right One In, Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, or Troll Hunter. You have through Monday, January 15th to make your vote. So please head over to the website and answer that poll. And if you have an extra second, because that's all it'll take, an extra three seconds, give the poll below it an answer as well so you can help us dictate how to grow from here. That second poll is all about premium content that we're toying with moving forward in in 2018. So definitely answer both of those polls on the right-hand sidebar over at cinefessions.com if you have a couple of extra seconds. And we really thank you guys for helping out there. And just quick, I was going to mention this earlier, but... As everyone knows, Patreon introduced fees 
to the donors this past week. Um, and then everyone raised hell, myself included, because I find it fucking ridiculous. It was a horrible decision. I was going to pull my, um, my the donations that I was making for the people that I support because it's insane. Just like uh, smarmy jerkface Chuck said, it's like you go to the Salvation Army bin, you put in a dollar and they tell you, okay, now I need 35 more cents before I'll accept your dollar. It's literally that. It's bullshit. So Patreon has reversed that. And so now I will continue to support Patreon. So in the future, as long as the fees are on our end and not your end, not the donor's end, we will uh, look to use Patreon in the future. So just know if the fees ever become the the listener's problem, then we will we will find something else because I think it's bullshit and should not never be that way. So I meant to talk about that earlier and completely forgot when I was talking about my week in media, but definitely something I was in an uproar over this past week as a lot of people were. So I'm glad Patreon has has corrected their mistake. But Mark, do you do you do any supporting on, on Patreon at all yet? Uh, right now, no. And the okay. only reason for that is I'm about two months behind on my podcast. And I've got about 180 gotcha. podcasts to listen to on my phone right now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just getting into the uh, 31 Days of Halloween. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's the only Very reason good. why is because I have such a backlog of podcasts that right. why would I put money – to stuff I'll probably exactly. listen to for months. Like there's a few like <laughs> nerd poker I'd like to to, to subscribe to. Uh, my buddy Ian has one again, which is uh, talk without rhythm. Uh, but um, mm-hmm. at this point, no. But I do plan on to once I do catch up. When will that happen? Absolutely. Hopefully by 2020. Uh, yeah, exactly. But that is really the only reason why is that I have a surplus of stuff to listen to right now. So that's why I don't go right. for any bonus episodes. But I think it's a fantastic yeah. uh, option. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to support Metal Jesus Rocks on YouTube, um, uh, SNES Drunk on YouTube, and uh, the, the Bad Movie Fiends cast, which is a podcast, um, mm-hmm. and the fourth person, oh, Lazy Game Reviews on YouTube. So most of mine are YouTube-based, yeah. um, but I do have one podcast. And mostly I do the podcast just because he's someone that I would definitely consider not a close personal friend, but a friend online, and that's Smarmy Jerkface Chuck. I've just followed him a long time, and I appreciate his work. So I love Patreon for that just because you can, you know, donate as little as a dollar and uh, and go from there. So definitely something that we're looking to uh, implement in 2018, but not until we really feel like we will have the content that dictates it because we don't want to charge for the regular podcast. No. We want your dollar to go towards something, uh, something special, something different, something new, um, and just something more. So that's, that's why we're looking for that. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Excellent. All right, so that uh, that's that. So I want to thank everyone uh, for listening to episode 115 of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>